version whatever the fuck i say it is <laughs> five this five this is episode nine the guys are here as y'all heard what's up dudes yo what, what is happening what's crack a lacking what up a lot it's been a pretty boring week for me so we might as well just call it a night and and uh make this like a 20 second show well that's nice Done. wouldn't be your first one <laughs> all righty some of us have some big news this week yes yeah we're, we're yeah. excited to hear about that others don't like Devin. i'm sure did fucking nothing I, I pretty much homework with his, with his life <laughs> i don't even know how to respond to that one exactly <laughs> I, I, I got my silence Devin's gonna call the nine line later tonight <laughs> yeah, so my my RCHN podcast uh, host co-host is really got me on edge today. <laughs> I'm about to jump. Bitches. I'm gonna jump. God, that was but I easy. don't sc- I don't scream when I jump, so you'll never know. I'm gonna fly <laughs> a drone. Please change my pin number. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Who uh, did anybody do anything exciting this week? I think we all did. Yeah, we all yeah, we all did. Oh man, I, I kind of feel like the odd man out now because I sure the fuck didn't do anything exciting this week. <laughs> but uh, who wants to go first? How about you, Scott? How about you go first this time? Sure. Um, I was so ashamed with the last show when I took that no fly. I just I was lying in bed after the show, and yeah. all I could hear echoing through my head is no fly, no fly. And I was like, never again, never again. It's so, never gonna happen again, man. It won't. I cried myself okay. to sleep. Saturday, I uh, went ahead and went to my local field, Charlotte Aero Modelers, brought the wife, brought the kid. Uh, I'm going to call out Eric Shu because he uh, left me on my own. He was supposed to come fly with me all day, and then he calls me up and says, psych, doesn't show up. Aww, That's all right. You got stood That's up. Right. I'll get him fuck. back later. Yeah, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was good. It was peaceful, quiet. There was a couple plankers there, a little bit of wind, so there wasn't a whole lot of airplanes. But I brought my N7, fired that up, got a couple flights on it. It was great. I threw some Radix blades on it. Uh, a buddy of mine had sent me a set of 700 millimeter Radix, like the old school ones. Oh, yeah. Love seeing that in the air. So that was cool. Had some flights, enjoyed it. My receiver pack unfortunately died, and I did not bring anything to charge an XD60, so had to set it aside. But smelling that sweet, sweet rotor rage, awesome. Never yeah. get enough of it. Yep. I'll be sad when these two gallons are gone. Yeah, that, you know, you can always go get some cool power. Uh, it just doesn't hit the same, you know? Oh, come on, man. Yeah, I make my own. It smells pretty good. I'll just move to that. Put a little whiskey oh. in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
little whiskey. What is that the old guys do? They put some uh, armor all in this stop it foaming or something? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was right. Everclear. No, I said <laughs> someone told me that. About? Yeah, someone they mix their own fuel you. and they put armor all in it. No, castor oil. No, no, no. I swear to God, they put armor all in it, like a couple squirts to stop it foaming. The first time I saw someone do that, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no way. Weird. Weird. Totally weird. So put the nitro away. I grabbed uh, I grabbed my imposter raw, aka a raw with a uh, a puma canopy stuck on it, so it kind of looks oh, I modern. You, I thought you were going to say a TB seventy imposter raw. Oh god! Oh, no, see that, what you I mean did People there? would be mad. Wow, that was oh, really oh, good. That, too soon? That, I mean, technically, it is too soon. It's not out yet. <laughs> no Stradamus of jokes over here. Seriously. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I hear TB70, I hear tuberculosis 70. I do too. I, that's why I said it sounded like a virus, a virus. last week. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're expecting it to hit like a virus. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Is that all you got? Dude? No. No. Okay, good. Good, good. No. So flew that guy for a couple of packs. That was fun. Uh, put it away. Then I grabbed my Logo 200. Um, so those of you who know me know that I have a shaky bake history with Logo 200s. I love them and I hate them. So I How plan to fly about... I this think is this is number 12. Number, no way, number 12. Really? I swear to God, it's number 12. Wow, you're worse I than counted. me. I had four. It's so bad. You had four. <laughs> yeah, I keep buying and selling them. This particular one I've owned three times. The same exact one. The same so, one. That's awesome. Yeah. Why, why do you do that? Have you not learned your lesson? They seem like such a good idea on the surface. They, they fly so good. They're fun. They're small. It binds to V-bar. It has a, a, what do you call it, current sensor on it. So, like, on paper, this thing is awesome. But when you fly it immediately after flying a 700, it flies like a, a deck of cards. I, I don't know. It's just, I don't like it. It it's, hits different. It's awesome. It does. It hits different. So, if you fly it with other 200s and stuff, it flies great. But never fly it right after a 700. So, I, I took it up. I did a flight. I was like, uh, kind of don't like it. I blew the tail out a couple times and caught it. And I was like, uh I don't know. Threw another pack in it. A guy came over who was interested in it. So I was like, oh, yeah, you can do a bunch with it. It's super durable. And then he's like, does it auto? I go, yeah, I've done one before. Let's try it. So I take it way up, hit hold, scream it in. And it clearly something didn't go right because it just thumped. So I did a dismounting thumping auto with it. Broke a skid. <laughs> nothing else wrong with it. But my God, did it thump. I just couldn't believe the sound it made. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I... Yeah, I went home with like seven charge batteries for it and called it a day at that point. That was my my day. And then the following day on Sunday, I got called in super early in the morning for work and it just tor- torched the whole day. I didn't get home till like 1030 that night. So did you already order parts for it? No, I actually already sold it. You still have <laughs> charge batteries? Kind of. Sales pending. Problem solved. Yeah, problem, yeah, problem solved. solved. Yeah. yeah, the hand launch edition. Yeah, there you go. No joke, I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait like six months from now, he's going to rebuy that same one back again. I should make a mark on it so I know when it comes home again. (laughs) There you go. I do that with dollar bills all the time. Never had one. Do you really? Have you ever gotten the same one? No, I I haven't done that since I was like 10 years old. Could you imagine uh, like, you know, being an adult, you get one of those dollars back that you did when you were 10? (laughs) How wild would that be? That would be crazy, man. Nick, do you have any better news for us or information? Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, kind of. I fixed my telemetry problem. That was good news. 
So I was I was struggling on my Puma with the CGY760 and a YGE ESC, pulling my hair out trying to get telemetry between the things. I honestly don't know how I fixed it. Now, honestly, like it, the fixes I heard from people, uh, <laughs> uh, the fixes I heard from people, as people are typing in my notes, um, were, it was a lot of turn it on and off a lot. Like just keep repeating things until you <laughs> suddenly get telemetry. And once you get it, it doesn't go away. And and honestly, that's basically what I did. Um, so I don't really know how I fix it. I just tried lots of things and eventually something stuck. Uh, so that works. So I was like, cool. Now I can, you know, fly this Puma with some telemetry and feel a little better. It was really on edge, you know, without having that. Not really. I don't know. I like telemetry. I'm kind of addicted to it. So I had some problems with the CGY. I've got some drift. Like it just would not stay put at center. You would put the thing in a hover on a dead calm morning, no wind. And it would sit there. And then it would start to go a little left and then it would go a lot more left and it would kind of accelerate left. And I'm like, well, this is weird. I don't know what's going on. So on the advice of someone, I hear there are apparently, you know, a small amount of, of bad CGYs that have this drift problem. And I was suggested by one of the Futaba guys to replace the CGY. And I'd already bought another one because I got just a stupid good deal on it used. So I set it up on that one and I tried that and had the same problem. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a logical troubleshooter and I wanted to quickly eliminate the helicopter mechanically as part of this problem. So I put a V-Bar Neo on it and bound it to my V-Control Touch and went through all the setup there. And damn, that thing just sits right there all day long. I mean, you put it in a hover on a combat uh, and it couldn't move. So I'm like, all right, it's not yeah, mechanically no the helicopter. So that's kind of where my Futaba journey is right now is, is I failed at setting it up in a way that I was happy with uh, on the Puma. So whatever, I got to come back and deal with that. I'm, I'm on a long series of, of work travel right now. I'm out in Salt Lake City. Um, so I'll come back to that later. It flies great on the Neo. I'm having, I'm, you know, I had one day on Friday when I went out and flew and put in a, t- a bunch of flights on the Puma and it just flies great. It's really fun. I've got mine on 6S uh, with a variety of batteries. I've tried it everywhere from a 6S 4500 milliamp all the way up to a 6200 milliamp. It doesn't seem to care. Um, it flies great on all of them. So I think 6000 milliamp is kind of the sweet spot. Uh, on that helicopter for me um, and flying it at super low head speed. On the Neo, I've got it all the way down to 1100 RPM without any wobbles and it's it's just flying great. Um, so that's oh, been that's fun. Nice. That's low. Um, yeah, I really love low head speed. Although the problem I have with that helicopter now is I need to buy crappier blades because the uh, uh, SAB S-Line blades, which I love and they look fantastic on the helicopter. I know looks shouldn't matter in blades, but whatever. It's too quiet. You like mm. do, do a little funnel and you come around in front of you and it's like... I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I want. You <laughs> need <laughs> some farty-ass blades for that yeah, little head speed for sure, so. dude. Yeah. I've, I've got some older SAB blades I can put on there. i got to find something noisier because it's, it's not doing it. Um, anyway, but I did Maiden the three-blade raw. I, it's my Stormtrooper raw, which I've had on a two-blade for some time now, over a year, I think. Love the helicopter, but I wanted to try it on a three-blade. Uh, the Maiden went great. It's zero tracking problems, which everyone has sort of warned me. I yeah. guess I just got lucky. Is is a thing with three-blades, and you really have to like spend a lot of time on it. But I'll be damned if the tips of those blades aren't all in the exact same damn path. So, and no wobbles too. I got that one down to 1200 RPM and zero issues there. So no wobbles, which is awesome. Um, Dude, that's sweet, man. You got to get a aerial photo or something, man. I've seen the on the ground pictures and that thing is cool, but I, it's fun. I, I will tell hear you, it. I'm mildly terrified of it now. It's like it went from uh-huh, being like yeah. a favorite dependable, like very predictable helicopter to oh my God, I'm a little frightened of this thing. Um, yeah, and I know that I, I just need more time on it and then I'll get used to it. But right now I keep it up high and I 
it's uh, it's amazing how much more agile it is. It's uh, and I've turned all kinds so, of settings way down. Like I lowered my pitch, yeah. I lowered my agility, yeah. I lowered the model size in the V control. Like did all kinds of things to kind of tame it. Um, and it's tame, but it's a little scary for me right now. I gotta I gotta get more time. Yeah, I bet. There's a lot more surface area out there now, I suppose. So did you do anything specific to your tail? A lot of folks will put like a, a different pulley on there and slow it down a little bit when you got three blades going and nope. any of that or no? No, but again, I fly to? at lower head speed, so I'm already slowing it down to an extent. Like I'm flying yeah. it right now from yeah. 1,200 to 1,600 RPM. Yeah, right. So you maybe just won't leave the pulley ha- as is. It's probably no probably don't even notice it's because I people would say maybe it'll start bucking out or you have to turn the gain like way down, you know, but... You must not have to run. That's cool. Yeah, it did make a fantastic oh. sound when I had the gain initially too high on the tail, and I'd already lowered it. You know, the first time Ooh. I put it in a sideways loop, it was made this horrific sound. I was like, "Ooh, time to land!" But so yeah, so that's going on. Um, and I think that's kind of it for my week, man. It was just you know got some good flights in. Uh, it was you know enjoyed the time where my wife was away with the kids on a little trip. Uh, and I basically flew every morning, so I would just get up early. I still had some work to do, but I would just hit the field every morning, not having to take the kids to school or any of that, and like get in five, six batteries on the Puma or uh, on you know whatever I brought with me that day and get a bunch of flights into the morning. So that was nice. So I flew consistently every morning for a week, and now I'm on the road for almost four weeks, and I'm not going to fly for a while. So it's nothing but sim from here on out. So enjoyed a great week of flying. And uh, that's it yeah. for me. What about you, uh, Devin? I had a very good weekend. What was it? Saturday morning, I got up around 7 o'clock and I went up to Croton on the Hudson with Frank Chia up there and Andrew Locks and all of them to do a little bit early, but still good birthday celebration for me. They all wanted to get together. So I went up there, flew all day, flew my Nitro Oxy, flew my Oxy 5HF, and Frank was flying his goblins, had a great time. Fun. Yeah, it was really good. Um, afterwards, we went out to the diner out there, which was another great place. We know the, and Frank knows the owner of the diner very well. We always go there after getting together up at Croton and um, ate, had a good time, drove home. And then Sunday, I got told this is a little bit of uh, news to me about a little bit early of a birthday present because it wasn't going to be here for my birthday. So my dad ordered me a V2 Nick Maxwell edition. Hey, nice, nice dude. Uh, yeah, for my birthday. Cool. It was, I was very surprised. And my plan is to turn that into a gasser, a blackout yes. bar gasser. Yeah, oh. dude. <laughs> Did he get it autographed for you? Oh, wait, uh, it already is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have some I have some really like I'm thinking about it because it's all over the place I don't want to take all of them off but I have sandpaper just oh, do God, some no, black sharpie paint. just oh, yeah, black sharpie in there paint yeah. in there Martin just black it out because it's murder, everywhere murder out his I, murdered out setup right? I, I saw it and it's everywhere all over the head all over the tail I'm like oh God there's a lot of signatures dude you know what here's the thing his signature looks cool just the problem is when you see so many of them, it just gets it gets old fast. But if it was just subtle, like on the head block only, like somewhere or, you know, or whatever, it'd be like, ah, you know, I, I don't know that I digress. Sorry. Yep, so. It kind of starts to look like uh, barbed wire, like the helicopter <laughs> barbed wire. It's, it's just, got a tram so. stamp on the head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that my dad let me know that. So I plan on getting the blackout mod gasser to get that together. And then I and then the plan is I'm gonna that fly that heli on the quick draw pipe, which is the tune pipe, and have some fun. So nice. that was that was great. Uh hey. Nah, it's gross. so loud. You just say gross. <laughs> it's so loud. Although you gotta fly in Rob's backyard and let his neighbor hear it. Yeah, oh, I love it. Dude, you might just so think mad. it's the Go on the fucking park, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> He'd get a shotgun out. He might just yeah, think right. it's the lawnmower. You never or the weed whacker. You never know. Yeah, that does go. not sound like a weed whacker with that pipe. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a kid whacker. with a dirt bike that took the pipe off. There you go. Working oh, on my we chopper. Could, we could take the silencer off of it and then fly no, it and see what no. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tempting. No, but that was a awesome news that he uh, that that he gave me after the weekend. Beside, but besides that, get they're going the flying this weekend, getting a couple flights in, hanging out with the guys. That news from my dad about the present. Not too much after that. There were no crashes. Did not crash. No accidents. Sorry, Dan. Boring. Lame. <laughs> Dang. It, yeah, it was. It, Devin. There were a couple Devin. close ones. There were a you're kind of a robot, ones. though, so it's it's a given that you're just going to like beat the shit out of this guy without crashing. Yeah, until he fucking blue screens and his gasser explodes. <laughs> you know, it's almost like you've seen that before, Scott. <laughs> it's almost like you were standing right behind me telling me, oh, you should try this, you should try this, and then at the end of the flight, it's just cool. Yeah, See, he caused the blue screen right there. Yeah, yeah Scott's the reason. Would you I like all deleted I that? Make sure you get the new shaft Scott's for the, the sale, depending on how old that kid is. Uh, it's an, it's an, I don't know how old the kid is, but it's a new kit that just ordered it so i would assume i would hope it has a new shaft but you can't really tell unless you get a new shaft so great because the new shafts apparently from what i heard is two millimeters longer so you can tell the difference we well, see we have these things called digital calipers what and you could two millimeters longer shaft you have. yeah it is slightly longer that's great that gives you a little bit more pitch on the tail too yes yeah it oh, does kid yeah, so it's two millimeters longer. So you, so you don't need to use the kit. You could see a two millimeter difference if you put yeah. them up next to each other. I've actually you heard see some that. folks who've had too much pitch on the tail. And they've actually had it lock up. So when you set your travel on it, not that you need to know this, Devin, but anybody else listening, when you set your travel on the longer it tail, shouldn't, tail it shouldn't be careful. Lock make up. sure it doesn't lock up. I, Dude, if that flips over, that would suck. It, sh- it should not lock up with it. If, it, if it's doing that, I would be very surprised only because in my experience, because I have had tails where I have that much throw where if you force fit over, you can lock the pitch lengths. But because that tail is spinning, they shouldn't lock up. It, theoretically, they shouldn't. I mean, Wouldn't I read it on the internet. It must have happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know, Devin? Everything on the internet's true. Yes. God, God, I'll make sure to do that. Sorry. My bad. I'll make sure. I got it. Because the, the internet's always there. right. <laughs> no, but I'm super excited for that. Get that built. I have to get my motor sent to Doug because I I took it apart after I crashed the Glogo and figured out that I destroyed the piston in the ring and the uh, and the cylinder. So we just rebuilt that, and uh, Doug was nice enough. He said, "Oh, I I have the break-in stand. I'll send it to me. We'll we'll get it all broken in, and then you could just throw it in the heli and fly it." And I was like, "Oh, amazing." I'll do that, and so he can get it done whenever he has time to get it done. Thank you, Doug. Of course, 
But that's the plan, and that's basically what my this week's been up to. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll go next because I want to save Rob for last. I uh, I didn't fly. No what? what the fuck? God damn! <laughs> no fly. I don't. I don't understand what's happening. Uh, you know, I come from Montana, where it's routinely below zero. We routinely have snow, and I was flying in that weather. Here, it gets to like 50 degrees, and the wind just barely blows, and I turn into the biggest pussy. I just oh, don't understand God. it. It's so fucking cold. Strap it's that on ocean your bitch mittens. Cold too. Strap on your bitch mittens <sighs> and go fly. You know, Got to pull up the, the big girl panties and, and make it happen. I get that. I, it, I don't... I don't... I mean... We had planned it like we had planned to spend time out in the field. And and I was like, it's 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 too fucking cold and I don't I don't want to go out there. It's like I, I don't know what it is. The humidity. I don't know. But it just does. It is not comfortable. I'm going to have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. So instead, I ended up going to a. Uh, well, one day we had planned already. I went to a um, an apple harvest festival. You guys ever been to anything like that? I'm mm, pretty sure my wife's going to drag me to one before I die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you right now, this was huge. There were, there were thousands of people there. It was wow. unbelievable. Got a caricature done with my wife. We, we need to see this. Yes. Are you smiling? Most of you. Oh, we need to see that. My picture of you sitting on the pumpkin. <laughs> Where'd the stem go? <laughs> right where it was meant to go, baby. I don't know. I had a good time. It was it was just too too goddamn crowded. But the cool thing about it was all that cool apple shit, like apple fritters, apple whatever pie, apple sauce, all kinds of shit. They had all kinds of good stuff there. Apple bottom jeans, sure. And the boots with the fur. With the fur. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but they had it. I mean, they're, uh, I'm telling yes. you right now, it's um, it, it, hot apple pie. They did. Ooh, that sounds good. They did. It's look. I'm telling you right now. I don't know if Phil still flies helicopters or even listens to podcasts anymore, but I've had some hot apple pie out here. I had some in Gatlinburg. I had some last weekend, and uh, dude, none of it compares to the shit you used to make. Oh my god, that stuff was just delicious. So as far as helicopters go, the the only thing I did was add some color to the boom of the uh, Soxos. Yeah, but it looks really damn good. It looks yeah, pretty neat. Yeah, it does. It yeah, from a distance. Oh, wow. No, I'm just kidding. My wife is <laughs> she's gonna whoop my ass. No, it looks really good. She was pretty nervous about it because she's like, "Here you go, put it on." I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh." Oh, you made this her do is, it. Oh, you copped out. You <laughs> last week you said you were gonna do it, and that was the deal. Yeah. I, did I say that? Yeah, we can roll I the table. Oh. I remember saying that. I remember her saying that she was young. You one. said, we're going to put the sticker on. You were going to do it. Yeah, we, we were, and I was going to watch her do it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, she was the artsy one, and that's her deal. She does that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently it was a very stressful moment for her because I was sitting there, and she kind of felt like I was going, mm, mm. you know, oh, I, oh. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I just let her do it. She did a fantastic job. It looks great. It, uh, all kidding aside, it does. It's a, it's hard to put vinyl on that type of surface uh, and make it perfect. But 
it looks really good. I'm hoping that it does its uh, intended purpose and that it increases the visibility. Hopefully she doesn't have to do it again soon. In order to see that, you have to fly. (laughs) I know, right? That's the shitty part about it. (laughs) Yeah. Can we mess with her? Sure. Can we tell her that you posted the photo and people heard about it in the podcast and now they want to start ordering them? So she They're has to stick on <laughs> 500. Just gonna start sending booms to her. Yeah. 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 Just sending the booms with a little mark on it. <laughs> She's just going to be sitting there doing that all day, stressed out. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know if she'll be up for that. But Wrapped in the lane. <laughs> but no, I, it looks good. I think that, um, I think it's going to help. I don't know for sure, but I can't imagine that it, it's not going to hurt anything, right? I think, it, and it does look good. So, yeah, that's that's about the extent of it. I, I I've been really, really busy. Uh, not that that's an excuse. We're all busy, but um, I don't know where the time is going. I, I get home from work, and the next thing you know, it's you know I have to go to bed at eight thirty because I'm an old man, right? Well, not officially, not until Wednesday. <laughs> oh, that's right. What do you get? Thanks like for a, reminding me, dude. What? I thought you were twenty-one. Yeah. I wish I was twenty-one, dude. <laughs> You'll get there eventually. Yeah. Maybe in my next one. <laughs> reincarnated and start all over. I don't know, man. No, yeah. Wednesday is the birthday. Of course, Devin and I share birthdays. October twelfth. I'm. Yeah, I'm going to Red Lobster. I love Red Lobster. Oh. Ooh. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we we have a tendency to go there about every more than we should because it's it's expensive, not so good seafood, but it's about the best you're going to get around here. I mean, it's all right, but that's true. Yeah, that's um, that's all I got planned for my birthday. Pretty boring. I I'm going to work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, me too. I'm actually going to meet. My wife at Red Lobster straight from work. Yay. Yeah. Is that your favorite place? No. I There's a new favorite place, Mexican restaurant called... Uh, uh, Is it Bubba Plaza, No, oh. Plaza Alta... Al, I don't know. I can't remember. Ah, okay. it. Plaza Aztec? Aztec Plaza? Some shit like that. Plaza del Ass Destroyer. Fantastic place. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, it's not Taco Bell, man. Oh, okay. okay. Kind of in that whole no-fly theme. I've got some unfortunate news for mm-hmm. the upcoming weekend as well. It's a camping trip weekend. Not that I don't appreciate uh, yes. I do enjoy going camping. I do enjoy it. But unfortunately, typically we go to a state park and you guys know the rest. It's you yeah. can't really you know, you can't really this is kind of why I wanted to get us like a four twenty, right? Or you know, that goose guy. Whatever the hell you guys call that thing. You could get yeah. Goose guy. Yeah. Something like that I could take and, and You could uh, get away with it there, yeah. Yeah, get away with it. It's not gonna annoy anybody. Because it's small doesn't mean it's not illegal. Well, I know that, but see, a, a big 700 is going to freak people out, right? But a little little guy, they're not going to, oh, that's cute. Look at it. They're not going to, you know, be intimidated <laughs> by it. So, uh, obviously, I've not ordered one. I don't have one. So, that's not going to happen this weekend. But, uh, and it's kind of getting to that time of year where you get home from work at six and, you know, it's, dark. 
yeah, it's like not quite dark, but it's by the time you get out to the field and I got to drive 30 minutes to the field. Well, it's not quite that far. Mm. Long enough that you got 20 minutes and you got to turn around and come home. I've missed summer. Summer's gone. Yeah. You know what you need? You need a Logo girl 200. Panties? A Logo 200. Isn't that like a $600? Yes. Yes, it, it is. is. Unless you buy it semi-pre-crashed. I thought you said you sold it all. <laughs> yeah. He's a local pimp. You know, he's got a bunch on the shelf hiding. He's just, hey, I got Absolutely. my other, I got my other bitch out. Scott just read the future. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Does it can have we send the, it to you? Uh, does it have, uh, can I bind it right to my V-Control? Absolutely. Pre-set up with current sensor so you know what your battery percentage is. Dude, I'll, if you will let me, I'll, I will borrow it if you don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. No way you don't get a no-fly because that yeah. sucks. Then I'll just keep it. And then five years from now, you could give me a note. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I'll, I'll be waiting. <laughs> that wasn't a gift. Shit. <laughs> We're going to see a news report. A man in an uh, electric wheelchair maims a uh, family of raccoons <laughs> with hobby toy. <laughs> Illegal hobby toy in a state park, mind you. It's 260 grams. What the fuck? He didn't even have his FAA number on it. I wasn't flying the raccoon was <laughs> my, my wife was flying it go talk to her <laughs> <laughs> no I'd do that dude if you if, yeah hell yeah that'd be, that'd be, then I'd get a chance to know if I actually want to buy one nice okay I, I so Elaine has asked me in the past if there is a smaller helicopter that she could maybe try to fly or I could buddy box her on or something. But I've tried to teach my wife how to play video games and that just didn't work. So I don't, if she can't figure out how to get a character off of a stump in a video game. Mm, yeah. I, I don't, I just don't know that. <laughs> has she tried the sim yet? No, she has. That's that a good, that's a good idea. Yeah, Rob. I never even thought oh, about that. that. No, it crossed your mind already. I, dude, Sim, I don't. And I, Sim, no, bad. That's <laughs> my, yeah. my son tells yeah. me he wants to try to fly the helicopters or whatever. He's like, dude, I know how to fly that. You should let me fly it. I'm like, no, you know how it works, but you don't know how to fly it. You know how it looks when it's flying. I'm like, here's a score. The Sim works great. You know, you like the Sim. Fly the heli in the Sim. And when you can fly a whole pack around on the timer and land without crashing, you know, then great. Let's buddy box. And I put him on the Sim and he'll fly the Sim a little bit. And then he'd be like, Hey, will you switch me to that one other airplane that I really like? And he'll go fly the airplanes around and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll become a flanker someday, but he doesn't seem to get into the helicopters like I want, but you never know. Put her on the Sim, dude. She might just like, that's a good idea. yeah, that's a good idea. And you, you always know when Rob's about to lay down some cold, hard back because he says, here's the score. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So that's my week. We'll see what happens coming into the next weekend. I don't see any flying, but um, you never know. You never know, especially if Scott. Is that thing ready to fly or do I got to buy parts for it? Uh, it needs it needs a skid. Yeah, that's just tell it. me what I need and I'll get it ordered. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That'll be good. That'll be fun. Oh, the heli love. Aww. Aww. I love it. Rumor has it that you had some pretty exciting stuff happen this week. Can you confirm or deny that? Yeah. No. No? Nothing? Yeah. Nothing. No, no, I no can't actually. <laughs> My heli week was actually pretty cool. And it uh, had your proper crescendo from dull to exciting throughout the week. 
culminating in our recording of this episode, of course. Um, but um, the beginning of my week was pretty, pretty standard. Uh, you know, I'm still trying to stay on that goal of flying a, at least a couple of packs a day. And, um, you know, I've had, uh, I don't know, probably at least 10 flights through this Mania X 12, sec, 12, or 12 cell pack that we got. Uh, again, thanks again, guys, uh, for sending that out. Uh, the thing is really settling into its own. You know, the IRs are leveling out really well uh, on it. Uh, the packs, all the cells um, balance out great right off the charger and stuff like that. Again, you know, I don't beat the shit out of them, so I guess I, I'm not one to speak or whatever. But um, So I've been doing that, flying the 600, um, uh, taking it more to the park. I had mentioned last episode my kids finally, or my kid and his friends opened up that trail, so I've been using it more. Uh, to go out there and just do some of my hard sports, you know, that I like to do and all that. Um, so uh, that's been great. Um, I know uh, I haven't got as much of a chance to fly my X5 as often just because, um, I don't know, I just haven't. I guess it's just been on the shelf. Um, and the, the my little T-Rex 500 is sitting here. It's just waiting for that, uh, that, that front uh, control gear. It should be here tomorrow, and then I can put that one back in the air. Um, so that'll be fun. I've got, I'll have all three I can take to the park. Um, and then on Friday, I get this unusual message from Dan. He's like, yeah, did you get a package today? And I'm like, what? No, I didn't get a package. And so I'm thinking, well, what did Dan do here? I'm like, cause you know, Dan's been known to just send some shit out and be like, yo, you've got some stuff coming to your place. You better be there to get it, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't that, you know? And so I'm like, oh no, I didn't see anybody. And so I spent the whole weekend kind of pacing back and forth and wondering, okay, so I'm supposed to get a package. I have to sign for it. And I'm doing my investigative uh, journalism on the tracking numbers and this and that. And they're freaking heavy boxes. And I'm like, what the hell is coming to my house? It's like 25 pounds worth of stuff. And I'm like, uh, okay. Um, so the UPS guy finally does show up today. And I get these two big old boxes and I open them up and come to find out our good friend James Cadiz sent me a couple of helicopters. He sent me a goblin uh, SAP Goblin 570, um, and he sent me an Oxy 2 and enough parts uh, to rebuild. And I could crash and rebuild this Oxy 2 like two or three times. Um, I've got all the parts I need to put this uh, 570 back together, uh, and then some spares as well. Uh, and uh, I've got this three blade head in here. It looks like he was dabbling in that. Um, and he puts a little note in here. He says, uh, uh, I hope uh, this blesses you. It's all yours. The money is for whatever you need to order in case I miss something. He put a little, just a little stash of cash in here in case I need a main shaft or something that, you know, he didn't have in his spare parts bin. Um, Dan, your guy is like a heli Santa Claus, you know, and more than that, he is, he's so far like, he's reiterating to me that one thing it's what you and um, Scott just kind of had transacted a minute ago. It's that glue, that, that one thing that it seems like exists in this hobby that I haven't been able to find in other hobbies that I've experienced as in, I don't know, maybe it happens in other places, but just people being like just generous to each other uh, and helpful to each other just because they like to see that the other person is enjoying themselves to their fullest. Right. Or, or they can, get to that next place or whatever it is. Right. And, you know, it's not like I even asked for any of this kind of stuff. He's just a great fan and he likes to support the show and what's going on here. And so I've got a whole, I, my helicopter vocabulary now is basically exploded. So I've got to learn all this new terminology. I got the download manuals and I'm going to learn about how to set these guys up and fly them. 
Um, they're both running on uh, these uh, MSH uh, brain, the mini brain and the brain, uh, respectively, the version two of those. So I'm hearing there's some some cool stuff you can do with those. So I'll be excited to get the software installed for that. And I tell you what, you know, Dan, when you got a hold of me and you're like, you know, I've been thinking about restarting the show and I told you I think about it often. I did I, and I do. And I tell you what, I thought I was just going to dip my toe back into the water, but it's really awesome that the community is allowing me to just swan dive into it. Actually, just belly flop into it more swan appropriately. Dive. I prefer swan dive. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> if I can... Yeah. Uh, so it's really cool. And it's, it's this huge, like burst of energy, it, you know, it, I mean, let's be real. Not all of us have a bunch of disposable income, you know what I mean? To support doing this kind of thing. And, uh, it's almost like a one man's trash is another man's treasure. James is, he said, these helicopters just sit on his shelf and they've been collecting dust and he'd rather have somebody get use out of them. And I'm going to have tons of use. So James, thank you very much. You're awesome. You know, I'm much appreciated. Uh, it's going to be cool. I'm going to have to hit him up maybe and uh, first say thanks and then ask him for some tips on the setup. I think it's one other thing I think is cool is not only is it a Goblin uh, and it's the 570, so it's a, a bigger one, right? And it's more current. Um, so I can kind of be in there and I can talk that kind of talk with people. Um, I get to experience the gear train, it's belt drive. But more more than that, more nerdy than that is he's got it set up as a seven cell setup. So I think that's really cool, right? It's it's neat. It's right in between, and it's an odd cell size, you know, you just regularly see. And that's another thing. He he sent me the packs for this thing, and there's eight some seven cell, you know, five thousand milliamp packs. They're older, you know. I guess I'm hearing a couple of them are close to end of life or whatever. But but that's not the point. I get to nerd out on a seven cell setup right so i've got the six cell setup a seven cell setup the 12 cell setup the little three cell oxy two setup my little two cell um gaui 200 no bar little spiel and then my no little piece of shit uh mcpx running around right so i've got all these variations and it's just a that's a type of way to experience the hobby that i really enjoy and it's not like so it's really cool that it, it was an unintended uh consequence of the whole thing but it, that i think is cool so It'll yeah, I think it's, I, I, what I what I was I was really hoping, of course, you know, UPS, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, we were both James and I were just like, oh man, I, I can't wait to hear from Rob today. It was Friday, last Friday, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we were both like texting each other. Have you heard from him? Have you heard anything? And we're checking the tracking number. And then I saw that uh, they tried to deliver it to a business. And we're like, what? What? That yeah, doesn't make dude. any sense. Dude, and, and when so you that, texted me that and you said 1701 and some of the numbers were transposed, I'm like, wait, no, I was ready to go down to the neighbor's house and be like, hey, just in case the truck shows up, that's for me. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of had to let the the cat out of the bag a little bit to you. We, uh, you know, obviously didn't tell you what was happening, but uh, no, it was great fun. It, it's been a good, good week. Uh, James yeah. and I have really enjoyed kind of talking about it in the background, so. Y'all's sneaky goodness was well-received. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear uh, more about these helis as you're, as you're putting them together and, and flying. You're going to love that 570. I know I love my 570. Yeah. Uh, it's a great heli that is relatively, I don't know, it's not too expensive to crash. Uh, at least I don't think it is. Maybe somebody can confirm that. It's been a long time since I've had to buy parts for it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just got, it's got a nice presence in the air, and um, it's you know actually Scott and I were talking about that 570 at the Bunfly down there in, in North Carolina. Yeah, um, it's a great 
it's a great heli, right? It's it's a good heli to get into 3D. It's capable. And the color scheme is bright orange. It's got the bright orange canopy and boom and stuff. So visually, it's going to be super easy for me to see this thing flying around. So that'll be cool. Is it the orange and blue? Yeah, the orange and blue. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Nice. I'm digging it. It's cool looking. Yeah. You should uh, get them all polished up, take some pictures, and put them on on our Facebook page. Oh, you betcha. Yeah, I already got the wipies sitting right here. Just waiting for us to be done. <laughs> you just happen to have some, huh? You just happen to have some wipes around? Just, yeah. just you know, well, just in case. Yeah. Just yes. in case. So, what a coincidence. So I basically, you know, just, I uh, I edged along all week and then get, had the heli climax right before we started recording. Then you and need to uh, use the wipes. Now I got to get the wipes out and get all the sticky stuff off all the parts and <laughs> the dust and all that. The Gross. secret sauce. Oh, it's a mixture yeah. of dust and sticky stuff. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's dusty. It's been a while. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I got to wipe this dry lube off these gears. We talked about that last week. I got to do that too. So I don't know if I should leave them lubed or not. We can talk about I, that in the next segment maybe. but Not going to hurt anything. Sounds like everybody but me had a good week. Yeah. Yeah, we can agree to that. Yeah, we can agree to that. Fuck you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, one last thing since, uh, you know, by the time this comes out, it will be a real thing. Happy birthday, Devin. Happy birthday, Dan. Yeah, Uh, thank you. Happy birthday, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. It's uh, Birthdays actually are, I used to never really give a shit about them, but I have found out since I've been married, that they are important days. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. you know, it, it's nice. It's nice to celebrate those kind of days with, with people you love. So I'm looking forward to it. But anyway, Nick, you got any news this week? We got lots of news this week. What song was that modeled after? <laughs> Bonanza. Bonanza. (laughs) Kicking off the news this week, uh, apparently there are enough America Freedom Fighters out there that signed up for the American flag plastered SAB Puma Freedom Edition kits that they will, in fact, go into production. Uh, If you remember, you had to sign up on the list. America! Enough people signed up. So, it looks like this is going to be a one-time deal. So, you get in on this order, uh, they're not going to be offered again. So, uh, if you're interested in one, you know, don't wait here. Uh, So, it's a one-time deal. If it floats your boat, this is your one crack at it. Uh, Pre-orders are open now. They require only a deposit of $250 to secure your helicopter-based shrine to the USA. Um, and I have not seen this pre-order <laughs> listed anywhere other than bkhobbies.com. So I think you can only go there to pre-order them as best I can tell. Uh, so head there to go ahead and place your pre-order. Uh, the first 100 orders will also receive his and hers American flag underwear as well. <laughs> All right. I might've made that last part up. <laughs> I, 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 I'm under the impression that you've ordered a couple of them. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you get the oh. bra too, Nick? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes raw, paints it blue. That's right. 
<laughs> just like it rocks. That's right. cool. That, that's kind of patriotic. It's it's kind of neat that they sold it out like that too. You know, even even yeah. more so. I like to poke fun, but if that if that's your deal, you know, definitely pick one up yeah, and man. enjoy it. The Puma's a great kit. I'm definitely enjoying mine. All right, moving on from there. Uh, Nick Maxwell has started releasing a new YouTube-based uh, video series he calls "Getting the Most." Looks like he's going to aim for roughly weekly. Uh, sort of short videos, like less than 10 minutes uh, of some tips and tricks that he uses. Uh, there's two episodes out right now. The first one is just kind of an intro to this video series. Uh, and the second one is about how he decides to break in his LiPo batteries to get the most out of them. Uh, so Nick, if you're listening, yeah. keep it up. I think we need a lot more content for the hobby in terms of educational stuff. So I think that's awesome. Um, look forward to seeing some more episodes in the series. Uh, selfishly, I would love to see some about fixing drift in the CGY. So if, if you can hook me up next week, that'd be great. Um, and uh, more telemetry setups with the CGY. I'm sure some folks would love it. Anyway, you can find his uh, series on YouTube by searching for Nick Maxwell uh, from YouTube. So good on you, Nick, for that. Look forward to more of those. I thought you fixed your drift. I did. I put a Neo on it. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Let's move on. No, I, I am go. determined. Perfect. I don't want to, you know, seg too far here, but I am determined to, to at least get one bird flying properly on a CGY before I will say anything about it, good or bad. Okay, you can do it. I, I believe in myself. Maybe. All right. Maybe uh, Scorpion uh, has just released a new motor aimed, speaking of the Puma, at lightweight 700 size helicopters like the SAB Raw Puma. The HK2-4225-810 kV limited edition motor. Uh, has a 6 by 32 millimeter shaft and is meant for use with 6 to 8S power systems. Uh, Scorpion claims it is both lighter and more powerful than their competitors' 40-30 size motors. So that's interesting. So smaller motor, more power, according to them. Uh, then they go on to boast, if they do say so themselves, that, quote, this motor represents the most technologically advanced power source ever offered for an electric helicopter. I'm sure that's wow. Must be true. Bold. I was like, that is quite the, the marketing boast right there. Uh, and I'm not knocking the motor at all. I'm sure it's a fine choice for that size helicopter. But that's a that's bold quite the boast. <laughs> Go ahead and check that out over at Scorpion if that interests you. Um, speaking of helicopters, ooh, that makes no sense. We should just cut that shit right out. All right, so moving on because I make no sense. <laughs> that's that's staying in. That's there. a failed segue right Years. there. Is what that is. <laughs> Belly Direct announced this uh, week that they will be adding Soxos kits and parts to their well-rounded roster. So there'll be another place for you, Dan, to pick up uh, kits and parts in the United States. Uh, Aeropander will continue to carry them as well. Um, but uh, it's always nice when you got more than one place to stop for parts or whatnot. Um, and I just want to make a quick point here. I don't mean to deliver just HeliDirect related news. You know, full disclosure, I am a rep for them. But I am more than happy to announce any product at any retailer Seriously, hit me up via email at nickwisdom at rchnv3.com and I will be happy to announce any product available anywhere. I do not discriminate whatsoever. Uh, anyway, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Just let us know. Yeah, but uh, I will certainly announce all the things I know and can find out. So there we go there. You're a shill, dude. You're a heli direct shill. I knew you would say that. <laughs> I had to put a little disclaimer in there. All right. We got we to gotta stop you're, this. You're an agent of shield. <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, what that means, Rob. That's a strength. I think it's, it's more of a thing. I think it's more of you're a fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I need to been, fuck you, man. All right. Changing tone here. We got to stop ending the news on sad notes, but this one's kind of a sad note for me personally. Um, it's not often here on RCHN we talk about other podcasts, uh, but this week, Steve, Kevin, Andy, and Ian 
announced that the weekly Freefall RC podcast will call it quits at the end of the year after more than 350 episodes and a seven-year run. Um, oh, I mean, personally, Damn, I'm a long run. Yeah, that's a crazy long run. Um, I'm only nine episodes in and a few months into this journey, so I've got massive respect for someone that can show up and do this weekly for seven years. Um, yeah, proper man, for sure. You know, on, on a personal note, Freefall was one of the first podcasts I discovered when I started my helicopter journey. I learned a ton from those guys. I laughed a ton from those guys. I actually learned about RC Heli Nation 2.0 from those guys when I listened to one of their older episodes where some guy named Dan Reed or something was on as a guest. What a douche. They let that right? douchebag on that show? He really did. Yeah, he was it. awful. But anyway, it made me check yeah. out his podcast as well. So that's how I found RCH. And anyway... All of us here at RCHN want to wish them all the best of luck in their future endeavors. We sincerely hope we run into you all at a fun fly soon. May our skies remain free. And then one one final personal request here. If the planker is listening, it's time to dust off the computer, buddy, for one last episode. Come on. They are doing, I think it's 10 or 11 more episodes. They're going to go all the way to the end of this year. Uh, so Mike, the planker, you got to do one more episode. Anyway, my Thursday morning uh, dog yeah. walks will not be the same without them. So good on you, free fall. We'll miss you. Yeah, and that, uh, you know, that dedication, it, it, it's hard to describe to, to folks that haven't done this um, how hard it is. I mean, the commitment is very substantial. And I remember having a conversation with those guys because uh, they were kind of starting up as we were winding down. And I, I can't remember. I think I was either just talking to them or maybe on one of their shows. And I just remember reading as I was learning about podcasting that, you know, episode, episode 20 is kind of the milestone, you know, it's like, that's the episode where, you know, you, you're really enjoying it and you, you've kind of grown to understand what it takes to continue uh, releasing shows on a regular basis. Or you say, yeah, this is too goddamn much work. Right. So it's like, um, I remember that's talking like to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, so if you can make it to episode 20, then, you know, you probably got something good going. And then for those guys just to keep rolling for so long, I trust me, I get it. <laughs> and I understand. But no, kudos and great job, guys. Uh, been on the show several times. Uh, hung, I've hung out with Steve a little bit. I haven't really had a chance to meet any of the other guys, I don't think. Uh, but no, that, it's a long run and um, going out on top. So kudos, guys. Good job. And uh, that's all I got for news this week. I thought you said you had a lot of news, man. That was a lot of news. Usually you drag on and on and on. What are you talking about? Well, it's because you all finally stopped interrupting. I don't know. That last one was a drag. Oh, so it's our fault. It's sad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's always your fault, well, Youngin. You talk too fast. We don't get a chance to break in and, 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 and interrupt your flow. I'll slow that, down yeah. for you. Is that intention? There you go. There you go. Deep in Think your voice, sling too. Sling blade. Think sling blade. Blade runner. Oh, like that. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> I heard some news. To kill you. <laughs> I got another piece of news that I heard. What you got? Oh? Yeah. So I heard that there is this brand that's trying to come and break into like the joke and prank world, you know, like Spencer Gifts has all like the joke gifts and stuff. Well, I guess there's a guy trying to do joke gifts for helicopters. And his first gift 
is for the Soxo Strike, right? And what they're called is the Soxo Strike Super Soft Blade Strike Dampers slash friend leaders And the idea is you're supposed to give this to your friend and they put it in the head of their helicopter, their Soxos. And then because the dampers are super soft, it'll cause a blade strike. And then you think it's funny, but then you lose your friend. And so I don't know if he's going to make any other products, but uh, we'll see. I hope he doesn't. That was lame, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I think the silence says it all. I'll give you an A for effort, but uh, (laughs) yeah. What are we grading on a curve? Shit. Uh, you know, I, I <laughs> <laughs> it was like Dude, directly it was targeted because it caused a silence throughout this whole place. Nobody knows what to think. So <laughs> look for the Soxos Strike Super Soft Blade Strike Dampers slash Friend Leaders. It's almost like you put a target on someone's back. Store. I know, right? I'm going like, to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say you made that shit up. Dude, Just it's on the internet. It's on is the internet. It, oh, well, everything on the internet is real. It must yeah. be true. Dan, be I true. wouldn't fly Dude. your taxos done. Dude, yeah. yeah apparently, I, you can get a kit for like sixty-nine bucks on the same website that the goblins are on. And then you can go to dude's place and get the Soxo strike damper friend deleter things and just pass them out to all your friends and just laugh at them all when they <laughs> wad them all up. That's really evil. Or, or change states when they all get um, scammed and come looking for you. All right, we're going to move on, Rob. Yeah, well, we're going to move on. I'm losing brain cells. Let's continue. We're done with the news. Okay, news over. News over. Building rituals. Some have them, some don't. Do you guys have any building rituals? We're going to talk about a few today. Yeah, never wear pants and build. <laughs> never <laughs> yes. wear pants and build. <laughs> you gotta have. You gotta be, be able to breathe. And don't solder without pants on. Very true. And wear shoes. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that would hurt. Yeah. Ooh. All right, so we're going to start with kind of the basic here. We're going to talk about our benches now. Everybody who's been listening to our CHN for any amount of time has seen pictures and heard Nick Lynn and Justin and those guys talk about the absolute chaos that is my workbench. And that's pretty much remains the same to this day. It's kind of that put my forearms on the table and push everything out, make enough room for whatever I'm doing at the moment. Right. Just kind of, it's kind of like that, you know, that video game where you kind of got to lay the quarters in. Yeah, just life. wait for something <laughs> to fall off the end and that's your prize. Yeah, yeah. Video game? That's kind of, that's yeah, kind of that, what that's has... That's like an old arcade type game. You mean the coin pusher? You play it in a video arcade, man. Come on. Get off my, get off my class. All right. That's Chuck E. Ah. Cheese, man. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> anyway, it's very similar. Uh, one thing gets pushed into another, gets pushed into another, and five things fall on the floor. And I win the jackpot every time. It's great. Drives my wife crazy. <laughs> so that's my bench. Yeah. Nothing new there. Uh, I mean, I'm kind guys... of the same way. I don't yeah. know. Mine's mine's relatively disheveled all the time. Really, um, I gotta like when I moved into this house. I bought this house at the near the beginning of the year. My bedroom 
I took the smallest bedroom in my old house. And so I didn't have any room for anything. And all my heli stuff was off in the, this other area in my garage. But now it's in my kind of in my big ass master bedroom off to the side. So as a side effect, nobody ever really comes in here. So I don't really give a shit what it looks like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, you know, I've got, you know, everybody's got their heli hanger wall or whatever, and I've got that going, but then my bench has just got kind of leftovers from the last couple few projects, maybe laying around. And, uh, if I need room, I've got this towel that is sitting in the middle of my table, it's actually the only thing left from the um, Fusion 50 build that I'm aware of is the Outrage build towel that came with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I that's my... Gift towels. Yeah, that's my little central area. And, and so, like you were talking about, Dan, I just kind of do the little plow, the hand plow, and just scoot stuff over to the other side. And if it's too bad, I'll spend a little bit of time and clean it up, you know, but... But you know where everything's at, right? I mean, dude, yeah, I could just glance right over, and it's like just look over and uh, yeah. to the side next to that other thing that's not where it's supposed to be <laughs> is the thing I need, you know. Depend <laughs> depending how long ago you saw it, that's how deep it is in the pile, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yep. And the farther down in the pile it is, the more I don't need it, obviously, and so it can be brushed aside. You know, it's been sitting there in the same spot for a month and a half. I must not need it for it's not important, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you an archaeologist yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. carbon dating his bench yeah <laughs> but you never know what you're gonna find you get all you get to find all kinds of goodies that way it's like oh fuck i forgot i had that oh yeah yeah for sure you well, get enough parts on the floor you could just build a whole new heli when like, uh heli. just on a little bit of a tangent here with that when uh, i my big trailer that i used to have that i don't know you guys may have seen photos of it um, when I, I ba Nick, Len, and I made a transaction. We traded, right? Traded trailers. And so I showed up to his, his place in Washington and we cleaned my shit out and we found, this, this was a long time ago, we found like three V-bars, the 4.0s. <laughs> uh, we found, I found two sets of frames for helicopters that I hadn't had for years and <laughs> lots and lots of shit, lots of uh, Futaba receivers, all kinds of crazy shit that I had never, <laughs> I totally forgot that I had. Badass. Right. So, okay, it's maybe not efficient, right? But it works for me. Now, we've seen Nick's videos. I have a sneaking suspicion that that's not for show. I think that's kind of how Nick's workstation is all the time. Is that, that a true That's how he Nick? stays sane. <laughs> it's probably not just clean. It's probably sterile, too. <laughs> not quite sterile, for sure. But uh, <laughs> I'm definitely, like, I can't start a build unless, like, everything's just so and all my tools are laid out just so. Like, I'm pretty neat and organized with that stuff. It's just kind of yeah. the way I roll. Plus, like, when you have little kids, man, like, pre-having kids, like, my whole house was as neat and tidy as it was. And, like, then you have little kids and your house constantly looks like a bomb went off no matter how much tidying mm -hmm. you do. Like, the workbench yeah. is something I can control that the kids don't touch. So, like, it, <laughs> I want to keep it clean. It's my little, like... Oh, yeah, ki kids, definitely. Tree. Yeah, that's definitely kids. That's that's exactly... Yeah. yeah, that's why my shit was so disorganized all the time, kids. Yeah, you have totally. no excuse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 I don't know, man. Cats are messy. They knock shit off tables. They do. In oh, fact, <laughs> it's funny you mention that because... I have a few of my parts from the uh, Forza sitting up here at the computer desk. When I came back this evening, all of those parts were laying on the floor. 
Just little carbon fiber bits. Yeah. Like, you don't, I don't think you need this anymore. I'm going to take it and build my own helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try this. <laughs> so, so next is neat. Devin, neat, messy. Uh, I'm more of like in between. It depends how I'm feeling when I do a build, you know? So sometimes I'll organize the tools so they're all off to one side. Or sometimes I just throw it down and just go however the hell it is. Yeah, really kind of do. a just get it done kind of uh, mentality. Yeah. It's just whatever it takes. Yeah, th- this is that. good enough. I can get it. Yeah, <laughs> make well. this happen. Well, that's pretty nice. I don't know. I, I think, uh, I, think uh, I don't know, building I think is definitely, because let's face it, I, I say I know where everything's at, but I bet you I waste a significant amount of time looking for that driver. Oh, me too. I, it's like, it's like yeah. oh, fuck, I just had it. How does it, where, where, where does it go? Am Blame I the only account. one? Nick doesn't have that problem, I'm sure, because he puts it back in a nice spot. Charlie I like Mark. to imagine Nick going into a build, like scrubbing his arms like a surgeon, and walks <laughs> like into the room yeah. with his arms up, not touching anything. You got to watch it under his finger. Listen, don't be haters. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Tell the patient it's going to be okay. <laughs> and then he disinfects all the, all the uh, heli parts first. Yeah, yep. checking <laughs> out all the tools on the Excel spreadsheet and outboard. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Pretty sure that's how John Hamill builds too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I'm not crazy. quite like that. I think nah. I'm more like I'm more like Devin. My bench is a complete shit show. But yeah. as soon as I get a new kit, I clear the bench off, organize everything, lay my tools out, open the box, and then proceed to turn the bench back into a shit show. So between kits, it's a shit show. Yeah, but while you're building, you, you need a little bit of uh, yeah. Yeah, so you don't lose. You're not mixing up new heli parts or new heli, especially fasteners, right? Like, so you don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I've got they all come with like extra bits, you know, the extra baggies and stuff. And if you sure. build SAB, you have like thirty seven thousand dime bags to sell drugs in. So Excellent. You got to get rid of those. <laughs> and then Why, start so you could sell drugs in them. Well, that's how you I buy mean, your you got fun kit. kits, right? Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like you guys have that figured out. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, um, I've i just never been too concerned about it, but uh, it sure drives a lot. My wife drives her crazy. Drives her absolutely bananas because we share a hobby room. So her side of the hobby room is immaculate. Everything's got its place. And then there's my side. She's like, Not keep your shit over there, man. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> she walks, a, line like a, a line of tape across the floor. <laughs> uh, as, she yeah. walks, as she walks to her corner, she has to put her hand up, up by her, like blinders, like on a horse, you know, so when they're walking by, they don't, she can't really see it. <laughs> but she just does I don't not think it's the cats. I think she walks past your bench every day and knocks some shit on the floor. Let's see if he'll miss it and she'll do, you'll hear this. <laughs> he'll never know he'll never he know he does it more than you know and you just don't notice <laughs> right <laughs> wrap the boom yourself alright so moving on you get a kit uh, are you guys the type to before you even start do you make sure you have everything you need to complete that kit or can you hold off and start it wait for parts to come in like I the servos that or components yeah i don't I like that at all 
Yeah. 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 I want all the electronics. And then somewhere halfway through the build, you pay a shameful amount of shipping to get that little bit you didn't have, like servo horns right. or something. Oh, yeah. my God. Servo horns. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. I hate to. In fact, I'll, I have a tendency to make sure that I've ordered the components first to make sure they're here. Because once it's here, I got, I, I hate just having it sit in a box, but I try to make sure that I get all that little shit first and then order the kit in. But how about you, Rob? What do you do? Do you give a shit or do you wait? Not really. No. I mean, I kind of do. It kind of sucks when you're like building something and then you got to stop dead, you know, but I'm kind of, I don't know, man, I'm still kind of, I'm I'm a grown man, but I'm still kind of like a little kid when it comes to getting something new to me. You know, all these used helicopters that I just acquired, as soon as I get it, I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta figure out what that is. I got to put that piece back on there. And so I just go to town until I can't. And then I have to, to wait. You know what I mean? And, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. I think thing. I just think building is a much more enjoyable when everything's here and you can just dig into it. Devin, what do you think? Yeah, I could I could agree with that. I know I have everything. The matter is if I put it in the spot where I remember it being. <laughs> so that, that's what I run into. I build it all. I'm like, oh, I'm ready for this. Wait, what the fuck did I do with it? And then I spend so 20 minutes that. looking for it. That's why your mom's telling you to over to your, your dad's bench and like steal a servo or something. <laughs> like, no. You won't notice. <laughs> no, no, but I do go over there. That servo horn's mine. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a kind of a tangent from that, that question. Uh, not necessarily you know, a build, but do you guys have a tendency to stock up? I mean, like if you see a good deal on a used whatever servos, ESC, do you guys like to keep a stock of that kind of stuff? If, if, I mean, obviously if it makes sense financially, you know, you're not just buying a shit ton of servos for the sake of having a shit ton of servos, but right. it's always nice. I think to have a bunch of extras if, if you know, because occasionally yes. you run into some pretty crazy good deals. Hell yeah. yeah. I literally can't do that. Yeah. I do do that whenever I like order servos or something and I'm like, oh, let me just have an extra set. And then I put it in the drawer and like, I'll get a new heli. I'm like, oh, I got to order servos. And, you know, depending on what the shipping's like and how it is getting it into America it could be a week or it could be three weeks. So then I just have that extra set of servos there and they're good. I just got to remember that they're there. Yeah, no. I'm like a drug addict. If if there's a set of servos in the house, that means I'm basically ninety percent <laughs> to another helicopter. I need to buy everything else. <laughs> like, and, if I have a spare Neo, I can't do it. Yeah, I, I literally can't live with it. If there's a spare Neo on the bench, that's gonna be a seven hundred in a week. So oh, that's why man. I like give a bunch of stuff away to friends and stuff. I'm like, please take this because it's gonna cost me a lot of money. That's funny. I don't have that problem with FPLs, but servos or speed controls, I do. I don't know why I have a difference in my brain, but like, yeah, you see those servos and you're like, what am I going to, what takes that size servo? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Start but, but up I can't airframes. say no when like someone sells a full set of servos for a good price or something. I'd be like, ah, I'll just get one. Yeah, but I do. I mean, yeah, it's a slippery slope. You end up with a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. I do that too. I mean, yeah. I, I love going to, I still do it and I've, I've done it for a very long time. I go to the Heli Freak for, for sale, which is still relatively active, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just look like, I don't give a shit. I'll blades, motors, pipes, even if I'm not necessarily looking. Uh, occasionally, like I said, you see, you see something for such a good deal. It's like, fuck yeah, I, I don't need yeah, that, but I sure, certainly, that. I don't need it, but I 
I need it. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and buy it. But keep, I want keep, it. keep a little. I don't. I don't it doesn't it. bother me. It doesn't bother but me to I have. It. Yeah, it, it wouldn't bother me to have an extra meal laying around. In fact, I have one now. Oh, nice! You I'm kind of like that with parts. I'll hoard. That means there's another heli. Hell yeah! yeah. I'll hoard parts. Like um, if I crash, and then as I'm taking my heli apart, and I find whichever bits are broken. If it doesn't come in a two-pack, I'll try and get two of them if they're cheap. That way I know I can fix it, and then I have it on the shelf. That way the next time that happens, when I go to order more parts, I can still just fix it and get back to flying, you know. And I'm usually pretty good at keeping the momentum on that for, you know, your, I guess, recyclables, if you will, your disposable parts like main shafts. You know, it's pretty common to replace that when you tank it, you know, and just things like that. Maybe I'm not as good at collecting bearings really so i find myself weeding through all the bearings to find the least crunchy ones if i have to do a replacement <laughs> you know but um that's i think i don't and again i guess i just don't have as much disposable income so i can't have a bunch of extra sp speed controllers and servos and other more expensive things but all the leftovers from other builds you know i retain all that shit of course just in case um like I got this old HV85, Castle Creations HV85 sitting here that reads one cell less than it's supposed to. And I haven't figured that out yet. But once I do, then I'm going to do like you, Scott, and figure out a reason to put it in something and build something, you know. But um, I don't know. I just like to have the board, like the peg board with all the all the, all the the pegs on it, you know, with the, all the bits. It makes it look That's like I... That's always been a dream of mine. Yeah, it makes it look like I'm like, I don't know, maybe more capable than I really am. I am actually pretty capable. I'm, I'm prudent, you know. You gotta collect the shit because I don't like to wait, you know. So, yeah, I love that when guys have like their own hobby store in their hobby room. Yeah, all the pegs yeah, and all the parts and everything. I'm like, wow, I'm just yeah, not that, that responsible. Yeah, that that's why I can still fly the Galway because I back when I was doing field rep stuff, I would just collect parts and periodically just go fill up a cart and get stuff to bring back for repairs and stuff. And then I went on hiatus, and when I came back, I had this pegboard full of parts, and I'm like, sweet, you know. Yeah, I do that. Whenever I order parts, I always, I always order. I never just order one of everything. It's always a couple. Well, depending upon what it is, but yeah, yeah. you know the the standard consumables, um, like kits. Yeah. <laughs> 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 See, you run across a good deal. You got to jump on it. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what and seven? I'll take two. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, good deal. You gotta, you gotta take it when you can. Uh, you almost have to treat it like an investment because this hobby's not cheap, right? Like only fine helis is going out of business. So they're having a clearance sale. A lot of their stuff is super cheap. And so that's why I went and put that order in last week. Um, so that I, I mean, I, my 600 is flying fine. I've got a, a, a mediocre amount of spares, not a ton of stuff, but I figured, you know, while the price is right and the time is right, I'm going to do two things. One, help this guy segue out like he's trying to. And two, fill up my pegboard in case something happens. You know what I mean? So right. I bought a bunch of five and 600 parts for, you know, for both those birds. You got to do it. Yeah, that's can, great. You know? It's yeah, like Black Friday sometimes. Got to keep those parts, man. Got to keep those parts. All right. Yeah. Loctite. What's that? <laughs> What's uh, that? CA <laughs> and spit. CA <laughs> and spit. Sweat and tears and a little bit of blood. Yeah. And duct tape. <laughs> uh so i am a little picky about loctite i only use well if i have to 
buy something else, I do, because if I don't have it around, I don't. But typically, I like to keep Loctite brand Loctite, and I use the gamut, blue, red, green, where where, where uh, I deem necessary uh, on new builds. Let me preface it with that. I, I am not at all a stickler about repairs and making sure that I've cleaned and reapplied. If, you know, nonsense, I, I don't know what's the, what's what I'm looking for, the non-critical components, potential, or particularly, you know, but obviously there's some things that you really got to be careful with, but how do you guys feel about the, the Loctite brand? Do you guys use off-brands, I guess, if you want to call them that, though, it's probably not a fair term, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. There's other guys in the fight, like Permatex, if, you know, yeah. you're broke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know no, why, I'm, but I'm not a big fan of Permatex. I uh, have no reason <laughs> to not. I just, I just, I don't know. I was, I, I, you know, it's kind of like when you grow up. Like I grew up around, I guess, my grandpa or whoever, you know, the first few guys I was around in the hobby. It's like, God, use Loctite. Make sure it says Loctite. You know, and it just kind of, that shit kind of sticks with you. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not so much a brand snob. I try and use Loctite if I can. If I can't, I got to do what I got to do. But right. I don't usually kind of give a shit to run green thread locker 290. Um, and I think that's like airframe specific. So if you're running like a, a XL power, you got a Loctite, green Loctite and a bunch of bearings in it. That's cool. SAB stuff, you really don't. It comes pre-Loctited from the factory for the most part. So I barely use that stuff. Um, 222, the purple stuff, the lightweight, I don't even touch it. I used to use 242 blue, the non-oil resistant. Then I found 243, which is oil resistant, which I think is way better. Ever since I discovered that stuff, it's all I use. So a lot of people swear by red. A lot of RCHO guys swear by like Gowie, Gowie red Loctite. That's like their, their cocaine, if you would. They, they like snort that stuff, but, um, (laughs) it's such a bitch to take out. Like I, I can't stand it. I got to heat the bolts and stuff. I start stripping fasteners and cheaper airframes. Right. Like it, it sucks. So two forty three across the board. I've had awesome luck with it. It's all I run. I'm switching by the way. You've, you've convinced me I'm going to switch to two forty three. I use two forty two. Yeah. I, I've noticed a difference. It works really, really well. Uh, I don't yeah. ever have problems with bolts. I have some oil on them and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as that. I mostly use red and blue, you know, red where I feel de- where I deem necessary for red and blue everywhere else. And on at least on the oxy stuff that I know, most of the stuff comes retained already, so you don't you it's not necessary to have green. So I don't really ever use green. It's mostly just red and blue. Yeah, I run the gamut red, green, blue. Um not really brand specific. I've tried a bunch Loctite, Permatex, the SAB brand stuff, which I'm sure is somebody else's, but uh, you know, not picky, but I definitely use green to retain bearings in all the right places. Yeah, to Scott's point, I I have not I I was never too much of a stickler with the bearing retention. Uh it, it just didn't seem necessary. This Soxos build on the other hand, most every bearing except where a couple are actually captured so uh you know there are not they're not captured rather uh you know so you've got to you got to hold them in apparently 
And uh, so this this build, I I probably used more green than I have used in the previous fifteen years of building helicopters on this one build. <laughs> yeah, I just I, you know I, I just um, I just don't remember the builds requiring it um, occasionally, but uh, I think I did use it on well super glue. I guess I used on torque tubes. I didn't use bearing retention there. No, I don't yeah. really think I used a lot of green Loctite anywhere on build. So I had it. I had it. In fact, I had some when I started building this one, but it was, I don't know, 10 years old. So it was dried up. <laughs> nah, so it's still good. Up. Still good. Still good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never touched it till this year when I built those Nick Maxwell kits. Literally never used green before. I didn't bother. Yeah. But some of those bearing blocks, they were too loose to ignore it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Rob. Yeah. Are you a nah. Loctite snob? Do you have to use this particular brand or you just kind of nah. whatever you can get your hands on? No, nah, I still have the same bottle of Loctite brand, uh, 242, sitting in my uh, little work shelf thing that I've had for, I don't know, like 10 years. I hear they Oof. have an expiration Oof. date, so I, I don't do. even know if the stuff even works. <laughs> but, you know, I go through the motions and the screws don't come out. No, so, but, you know, I, I, honestly, I should go buy some more, but the point is, yeah, I'm not, I don't really care. I mean, I'll go to my local auto value and if they got a 242 in there, that's not Loctite. I don't, I never even knew there were other brands really. So if it's, yeah, I, in my, I don't know if it's blue, I use it. I, I've never used like retainer or any of the other stuff really. I've never had a need, I guess, for my builds, but apparently yeah, I mean, there's not just other brands, but there's clone Loctite too. Oh, like no. yeah, you can knock buy, off like, Loctite. Yeah, it's not like blue super glue. <laughs> not another uh, clone discussion. Yeah, that's crazy. I run the Amazon shit. It works. Hate me. Whatever. Yeah, I don't. I, I just, I, you know, if you go down to Napa, uh, whatever they have is what I buy if I need it. But typically, I like to order order the stuff in and have it here before I start a build. But sometimes you got to use what you got to use. Mm-hmm. How about cleaning your bolts? Some people are very. <laughs> Every morning. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Wash Does around in and out. <laughs> yeah. Are you quick and dirty, or do you put them in a tumbler? Oh, tumbler, man. Tumbler, totally right. That's the wife. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's the bolt washer. Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. I'll. I guess I'll answer it. I do not really bother with the bolts i used to every single bolt i'd clean it with alcohol then i'd put loctite on it and put it in and building tons and tons of kits i got a little lazy started ignoring it i run 243 which is oil resistant turns out it doesn't matter so i don't even clean them anymore but if i run a uh bolts that are like super oily sometimes you get those kits and it's like you know a bag of soup in there as extra i'll clean those off but most of the scb kits are pretty well cleaned to begin with same i start off every build being very vigilant I, I that's not to say that i don't clean them but i think for the first hour i probably clean them a lot more and a lot more <laughs> you know quality control probably, slips more thorough <laughs> thoroughly you know in the first hour but after about you know an hour or two it's like fuck that just just God. just quickly wipe that shit off and put some octet on it and be done with it but that last bolt dirty (laughs) (laughs) no i can't i 
kind of in, am in the same boat as Scott. I just put Loctite on it, put it in the heli. I don't clean it at all. I clean every single bolt. No. Spray a towel with alcohol and then run the bolt through it with a driver. How long does that take you? See, the thing is, is I, I like, I never look at my builds as a rushed process. Like I enjoy building a ton. I'm not like racing to get to the end of the kit. So, you know, I like you do a major assembly, like a night, right? Like you might do, you know, the tail and the boom in one night and oh. I just sort of get all the stuff out and then I clean all of those bolts and stuff so that once I actually start assembling, I'm not like pausing a lot to do that, but you know, I get out all that stuff, prep it. And then I build for an hour or two and then I go to bed. Oh, I see. Okay. That's not bad. I do the whole heli in one build. Oh, see, that's because you have no kids. If you have children, you do your building between like 9 p.m. after you finally get them settled down to bed. And whenever you run out of energy, you need to go to bed so you can go to work in the morning. I am a child. You are a child, Devin. You are a child. (laughs) I got a 21-year-old child. At one point, you were preventing your dad from building kits. Just know that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. You selfish bastard, Devin. <laughs> God damn it. Ah. Just rocked his world. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. How about you, Rob? Did you clean everyone? Nah, man. I just yeah. let it ride, man. Let it <laughs> whatever happens, happens, yo. Yeah, just let it just let it get in there all rough and dirty and hope it doesn't back out. And then, he likes it nice and slick. Yep. And then just slam the sticks around and hope for the best. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Sometimes it's it's pretty important to make sure you back out, though. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got to go all the way in and then back out and go back in. Just (laughs) just to let them know you mean business. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I got an addendum I got to mention. I do clean my, my, uh, what do you call it? The the grip bolts and the feathering shaft or whatever, the spindle shaft. Yeah. Yeah. I clean those bitches. They spin pretty quick. Yeah, those are important. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, I, I also... Do clean like the pinion and uh, you know, clutch stack stuff pretty good too. And I use red Loctite there. But, but yeah, I, I, I clean that stuff pretty good. And it's a bitch to get them apart when you need to. All right, man. On to the next one. Do you square your frames? Dun, dun, dun. Not we all fun. know Nick does. Heck yeah, I do <laughs> on a flat piece of glass on the bench. And if it's got a main shaft, you know, unlike, you know, like an SAV transmission, heli or whatever, I keep that thing in the frames the whole time. And I'm constantly checking as I tighten and add components that it's still dropping right through the frames. That must take a while. A lot of patience too. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I just have do more you, of that than some. Yeah. Do you put any like retaining compound on the main shaft in that race? Not like usually, not unless I hear about like a specific helicopter is problematic for something like an XL power, like the motor pinion, like, you know, into the bearings, I'll put some green on that. Um, cause you can get excessive wear otherwise, but no, I don't, I don't do it on the main shaft. Yeah. Cause I hear, I hear some information about chewing up frames that it's not good. And the reason being is if your main shaft can just drop straight through the bearings perfectly with no resistance it means they're very likely to spin in those inner races. So if you get a somewhat bad bearing for any reason, it starts to get some resistance. Your main shaft can spin inside that inner race and destroy the inside of the race and the, the main shaft. So some people say that you should actually not have the main shaft totally free floating through the frame. 
You know, I find the, the huh, more I, I meet that. more That's people on the hobby, like, I feel like there's so many things that people, there's like half the people are like, no, it's this way. And the other half are like, no, it's this way. <laughs> and you just kind of navigate your way through the hobby and eventually you go, well, screw it. I'm going to pick this one. You got to learn to filter bad advice that Scott gives out. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that's the main, that's the secret. Yeah. Just that's wait until you battle. get into Nitro. <laughs> nitro is the, I don't even bother with advice in Nitro because there's like four different ways to do everything and people will kill you over it. Yeah, they get pretty <laughs> pretty predatory over how to how to yeah. handle nitros for sure. Rob, do you square everything up? I'm um, guessing no, not. I, no, I just well, I mean, I eyeball it, and I, I mean, I, okay. So let's be real. Like when I'm putting the tail on and stuff like that, I mean, I'll look down the boom and I'll I'll look for ninety. And when I'm putting my frame together, if when I put the shaft down in in the hole, if it doesn't touch the other hole. Then I know definitely it's bad. Definitely bad. There's a problem. You gotta start over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to start over because apparently this isn't a Dutch door, and I thought it was. Yeah, you so, gotta clean no, your but, bolt after that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Get out the Bodos lube and try again. Get it to slide smooth. No, but okay. So, but on the real, I mean, let's face it. Most of the frames out there, if the manufacturer did a good job at making the frame, when you put the puzzle together, it will all build itself essentially the way it needs to be. But I do remember in the de- back in the day, there were all kinds of schools of thought about, um, do I build the frame and tighten everything up and then put the shaft in there? Do I build the frame and get everything st- mostly tight, put my shafts in there in, in the blocks and so that it's suspended, it, the blocks are helped, uh, kind of captured with the shaft and then kind of seal everything up all around it. And you can take your sh- shaft out and build your head and then put it all together or whatever. But I personally have found no difference between the two except the amount of time that I spend fiddling with it. So these days, I just put it together. It, it It's fairly obvious if shit's not lined up because when you go to drop it in there, you'll feel it rub on the bearing on the second bearing block or whatever. And you're like, wait, something's wrong there. And then you move shit around. But again, I think that's... Unless Scott's got some, some weird conspiracy theories. I've never heard of that before, Scott. But, you know... In the back in the day, I think that tolerances weren't as good as they are now. So you kind of had to know these little conventions. Today, it just seems like so much of the industry is almost like a snap tight. You just put the screw in the right hole and it's, it'll work right. You know. Well, let me ask you this. What is the benefit of having it totally true? What do you gain? Good question. I don't know. St- I can't think stability, of man. Stability. I don't know. I feel like that's that's the risk of vibration be. is the answer there. Oh, yeah. That's probably yeah. a good one. That's I think a good answer, though. Heat, no? right? Heat in the bearings. You know, all that stuff is important, you know. Uh, bearings wearing out prematurely. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Definitely. If you, I mean, so, but I think really, though, when we're talking about that, though, we're talking about like an obvious, something is obviously misaligned, you know, and... I mean, I mean, I know how it is. In any hobby, there are people that really take it, all the parts of it seriously. And there are people that just never will understand, you know, and they'll just get it wrong all the time or whatever. But that's, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think that any way that I would just follow the standard building process could be hugely detrimental to the build versus throwing in some sort of extra voodoo into it. You know what I mean? I agree. But I think, I, you know, I think what it boils down to, and we've talked about this in the past, is kind of, you know, what what you learned when you were first building your first helicopter and what everybody warned you about. And you've kind of internalized those warnings. Um, right, right. But then there's also the, the pure en- enjoyment. And I, 
putting words in Nick's mouth, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's part of your enjoyment is to take that extra time to, to make sure that kind of shit is the way you want it to be because it, it's good for you. That's how you want to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I don't know. I was like that. I definitely built like that initially when I was more of a builder, had many helicopters, but always had a reason to not fly them. I was like that. I, I really spent a lot of time with that stuff, but I, I've kind of found as I, I you know, I, being back into the hobby, I, I don't feel this way now, but thinking back six years ago, seven years ago, it got to the point where I didn't, I wasn't really enjoying building. I mean, I, I did it because it was necessary, but I'm sure, you know, I lacked maintenance because it just, you know, I just wanted to fly them. I didn't really want to want to work on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's where, you know, you start, you know, cutting corners. That might be the wrong word, but that's, I guess you could look at it that way. Although everything still works. So we're good there. Like guys like us, it's about like, we're aware of the habits, the, the full spectrum of the different kind of habits you can take, you know. You know, for the new guy, it would be important not to instill cutting corners as good habits, right? Let them learn. Yeah, you want to learn it the right way and then decide when, if you're going to shave off particular conventions just to get it done, right? Understand, new guys that are listening to the show, some of the rhetoric you're hearing is from guys that have been doing this for a decade or more, decades, plural, sometimes, you know? So some of these opinions have a lot of background on them, right? Yeah, experience. Experience, knowing what to yeah, also take it with a grain of salt too. Like they, it's not that critical to do a lot of these things. Like these things aren't really rocket science. If your right. frames aren't true, it's not going to crash. It's going to fly fine. Yep. You know, it's not like it, it's like picky things. You know, yeah. the, the helicopters want to fly. They don't want to really fall apart that bad. They're they're pretty good these days. You can get away with a lot that you never used to be able to get away with. I don't know. Part of me, part of me goes. Part of me says, yeah, I, I just want to do all that shit because if I do have some kind of weird issue, I, I just want to be able to say to the, to the inevitable, well, did you yeah. square the frames up question you're going to get? You know what I mean? You're going to get that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get that question. I mean, the other yeah. thing I think, too, is that some brands of kits are more tolerant towards uh, less attention to detail. Like, I think, True. you know, without without trying to say, and then I'm not saying bad about anything. These are just different characteristics of different brands, but maybe this is a, a generalization. But I think SAB kits are generally really tolerant of poor building. I mean, you can slap those things together and get a good flying helicopter out of it, in, in my experience. Whereas I think, you know, XL Power kits, for example, require a little more attention to detail, at least in my experience with them. Um, in really getting things square and, and true and, and, and lined up correctly and finessed, um, in, in a different way. Yeah, totally. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So moving on, Canopy. Th- th- this is a silly, silly one, but it- it's, it's deeply ingrained in how I build for sure. When is the first time you put the Canopy on? And there's only one right answer for this one. <laughs> when <laughs> on I'm done with the build? Or the heli? When you're, when you're completely done with the heli, when you're completely done with everything, Canopy no. is the absolute Dude. last thing. Hell yep. no. As soon as Ugh. I got skids on that thing, I don't even care if I put the posts on yet. I'm going to slip that oh, thing over for a second. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> but you open the box and you put it on your head. Yes, that's I do do one. that. Yeah. No, that, oh, that's yeah. just you. Yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> oh my God, you're missing out. 
I'm going to run with it on take my a head. Selfie. Rob, speaking I got of putting my kids doing that, dude, dude, there are pictures of your of Simon on our CHN face on our Facebook. Yeah, wearing your OptiPower uh, X5 canopy on his head. Yes. No. Wait. No. I think it was the Fusion Fifty. One of the. It was in that moment. Both kids had canopies on their heads, and I took pictures of each one. And one of them had your Fusion canopy, and one had the X Five canopy. I don't remember who's who, but yeah, doing yeah. little karate moves. Oh, Dude, yeah. That's the fun of it, man. It's fun. I, so, I've yeah, never done that. It on your head, and then fly with it on your on your heli. Yeah, I've never. Now I've worn plenty of Coors Light twelve pack boxes, party hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've never put a heli canopy on like a hat. Next fun fly, we're doing it. It shall happen. So. We'll tape you to a chair and put a and make it happen canopy on yeah. your head. Well, the good news is I can't outrun any of you guys. So unless we trip and fall, <laughs> but my wife will beat your ass if you're. We could me. we could fourteen yeah. s your scooter thing and you will blow us away. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, Papa Wheelies and shit. So I think Devin, did you answer that one? You you wait. Did I, I yeah. didn't hear you. You wait. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, that's like the last thing to go on. I just get the rest of the heli done. And and uh, Rob, did you say you waited or no? I didn't hear you. No, I didn't answer. Oh, you don't. You plead the fifth on that one. Yeah. Okay. Fuck you then. <laughs> no, dude. I, I only fo- I only follow one canopy rule, and um, I guess I never really considered the during the build thing because I'm I don't know. I never put the canopy on during the build. It's not something I do intentional or anything like that. But the only intentional thing that I do with the canopy as a rite of passage and a blessing to the heli gods for um, you know many good flights coming forward is that. The maiden has to be naked. I think everybody mm-hmm. understands once you get mm-hmm. in the hobby, you understand that helicopter has to go in the air without the canopy on uh, for the <laughs> whole flight. And then um, after that, it's all, it, you know, it's on like Donkey Kong or whatever. But um, that's the, really the only canopy convention that I've got. And then uh, super glue the cracks before they get bad, I guess. I don't know. So does it feel icky to be so wrong about something, Rob? that is horrible advice dude what are you talking about I got worse advice that's sage Uh, we know Scott (laughs) (laughs) I mean I I used to do that with the whole naked first flight thing Um, you know the cops come I'm just kidding Uh, (laughs) but I, I find myself now I don't really give a shit I mean my maiden flights are eye level hover for two seconds and then fire off into your normal flight. You know what I mean? It's going to yeah. blow up. It's going to blow up. Screw it. Have fun with it. I've seen you do that. Yeah. yeah All right. Go ahead and hover it, Scott. Oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to just fly. <laughs> and then send it as yeah. hard as you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then watch the heli end up over here, over there, and over there. I don't, I don't get the wallet for that kind of risk, so I take it nice and easy on that first flight. I just don't if like it's gonna flying It's going to blow helis. up in the air. It's going to blow up the same way. I don't hey, like I want, flying I want helicopters without canopies. Really? Well, yeah. It's tough to Fox see with I my eyes. I do the first 30 seconds of a maiden with no canopy just in case something ridiculous happens. And <laughs> that way you can also kind of see the inner mechanics if something horrible makes a wicked sound or whatever, you know. But then as soon as that's good and I know all the directions work, I land it and throw the canopy on so I can see the dang thing. Yep. Damn. So none of you guys fly without canopies? 
I flew Ever. without a canopy for years. Yeah. Nitro. There's no such yeah. thing as a canopy on a nitro. <laughs> that is <laughs> right? just not That's true. Oh, there will be. Eh, doesn't exist. <sighs> I was going to say, Scott, I thought uh, you didn't fly canopies with nitros. Yeah, I don't bother. Is that they cool better? You don't get them all slimy. Whatever. Well, you just leave them slimy. Slimy. I don't know. If, I don't clean my nitros. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> clean them either. So, speaking of canopies, Dan, do you remember back in the d- early days of um, higher voltage electric helicopters and speed controllers? That one of the reasons you'd leave the canopy off is in case the thing went up in a blaze of fire and smoke before you, before you figured out something was You're wrong. You're not talking about Castle Creation, are you? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Castle <laughs> Cremations? There you yeah, go. The Castle crema- Cremation. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You guys, some some of you young bucks might not know about that. That was that was quite the fiasco back well, in the day. I think it's but still it was, a thing. It, I, I think yeah. it's still a thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. I guess yeah. it is. They still burn up. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, I just remember back in the day, that was like the thing. It was like, you know, it happened often enough where it, it was always in my mind, like, okay, this is new and I'm not sure about this battery or whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, and I'd spend time with that canopy off and I would have you, Scott, you asked, do you fly without the canopy on? Back then I would kind of, was almost half and half sometimes, you know, especially new battery or maybe uh, you buy some used batteries off of the, you know, off the interwebs and you get them home and you're like, I don't know if this is going to work or if I'm going to, you know, fry some chicken with this or what. Um, so in that context, I would fly canopy list, you know, just for a fear and safety, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You um, like flying raw in that situation? <laughs> yeah. Got to go raw dog in case it gets hot. Oh, oh God. All I'm saying is them calling those Phoenix ESCs was the best name ever. Oh, yeah. They were hot. All right. <laughs> Rising from the flames. Yeah. Uh, I used yeah. to remember from castles, there was a pilot that would fly and he would shoot caps out of the ESC and solder new caps in and go and fly again. Oh, my God. Dang. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I never had any problems with them. But, uh, you know, swash leveling. How important is it? Y'all do it. What tools do you use to do it? Yes, I do do that. I swash yeah. level. Do you do it? So I used to eyeball them. I, I, I used to not use a tool. I do now, but I, I used to not. I've done the zip tie tool, you know, the yeah. homemade zip tie tool. Um, I've done the Soko. Loved it back in the day. It's too complicated to, by today's standards. But for for me, most kits nowadays come with a swash lever. So a uh, swash leveler. So. S- you know, take Bullshit. the 10 seconds that it takes. I, yeah, I was going to, I'm just Which sitting here trying to think what kit comes with a swash are leveler. You, are you making up stories, Devin? I can't think of one that I've Excel bought. Power doesn't, SAB doesn't. I'm pretty sure Oxy doesn't. We I mean, they'll sell you one for 18 bucks, I'm Oxy, sure. Oxy comes Oxy has with a 3D printed, tool. we come with the yeah. 3D printed tool you could put underneath the swash. All right, that's valid. So And I you can put it in a tail as well to get zero. Does it come with the, the Oxy 5 too? It should, yeah. I thought it was just the small Oxys. No, no, the Oxy 5 has one as well. Huh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I know the Oxys come with that. I thought most helis did, but I'll uh-huh. use that. If I'm too lazy to use that, I just do it by eye. Yeah, I'm I use my uh, I use my Align clone swash leveler. Like they cloned others, Those other people's terrible. swash levelers. Yeah, I never even bolt the head on until the swash is level, so you can get the tool on and off easy, depending on which one right. it is. But uh, if the head's on, I just use the zip tie method. It works great. There's nothing wrong with it. 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I never really, I never really had an issue with uh, just eyeballing it either. Like, you know, like, uh, but then again, I don't, you know, maybe Devin or Scott could notice a difference. I certainly, I, the, the limitation of that is you eyeball it, you hover it. And if it drifts a little bit, you go into the swash plate trim, which takes about two seconds and just trim it the way it needs to go. And you're done. All right. Well, yeah. there's that. And um, when you pirouette, so V bar, you can get away with eyeing it pretty well especially if the the, you know the inner part of the swash ball how it has a flat top on it that makes life so much easier for eyeballing it flat um but you get it up in a hover and you pirouette it and you watch the disc it'll actually like rotate around like a dish if you spin a dish on a table kind of thing if your swash isn't level so that's true that also depends on cg the heli as well though doesn't it yeah but if your cg is right and your swash is off and you pirouette you'll get that wiggle so you either just do a trim flight and it zeroes everything automatically in a hover, then it's perfect. Or put a swash yes. level in and it's good. But like yeah, Futaba, true. you have to be dead nuts on that swash or it's going to drift. Even if you are dead nuts, it still drifts in my case. We <laughs> <Still laughs> don't talk about that. Just change the 760R. <laughs> hey, Nick, maybe your nuts aren't as dead on as you thought they were. I guess oh. so. Hey, Nick, I heard you fixed it anyways. Yeah, you bought a Neo. Yeah. (laughs) All I did was eliminate the helicopter as part of the reason. Well, you eliminated the other reason too. Yeah, no more drift. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get that thing in the air. Moving on. Yeah, you have to after how much you spent on that radio. My God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got to justify that, right? It's all good. Yeah, you got to get a return on investment. (laughs) They got a pretty good resale value, do they? Oh, yeah. They definitely hold their resale value. Are, are they no, better V-bars than went uh, up in price? Yeah, I was going to say, are they yeah, as good as the V-Bar resale? Uh, not as good as a V-Control Touch right now. Yeah. It's about an even trade if you trade it. I had a buddy who yeah, just sold like a BMW. A, pretty much a new in-box one. He'd only like taken <laughs> it out to like manhandle it. Literally had the plastic on it still. I think he got 1600 bucks for it. Just a couple oh hundred bucks God. over new. Pretty important step. Making sure everything's leveled out, right? Uh, no one should skip that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eyeball it if you want to, then deal with the consequences at the field. <laughs> if that's your, if that's your uh, way you want to do things. Now, setting zero pitch. I built a leveling table that I never use. I used it once, and I was pretty proud of it. Yeah, I know. I was pretty proud of it, man. I got like a twenty-four or so by twenty-four inch and does, a half. Does thick. it auto level? Or you no, do dude, I have to do it by hand. But no, it's got the adjustable casters on it, so I can put my level on it, and I can make a nice, no matter what surface I'm using, I can put it on a nice level surface. But That's nerdy and overkill, but it's actually kind of cool, dude. I mean, because I think everybody runs into a situation where they're like, is this table level? Yeah, I don't and think it's important anymore, like it used to be. I don't know. Maybe not, no. Not when pitch gauge uh, zeros. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. not when you get that nice RC logger pitch gauge, man. Yeah, but you've oh, got my gears thing. turning, Rob. That auto level thing. You imagine you put four servos on each corner and like a cheap ass flight controller on it just to tell level. <laughs> hell yeah, oh, dude. it'd be so cool. Just hit a button, it goes pss, 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 and levels true. Yeah, hell yeah. That'd be cool. I'd use the shit out of that. And if you lived in San Francisco or Guatemala or somewhere that has lots of earthquakes, you could just turn it on all the time while the earthquakes <laughs> go on and just keep building your helicopter like nothing's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, what tools do you use? this particular step in your build or you do you use the folding blades technique no i use the rc logger pitch gauge but i don't go crazy i just you know 
stick the heli down with some weights. I usually throw a 12S pack across the skid so it doesn't move once I start, you know, messing around and setting pitch and moving blades around. And then uh, just zero it on top of the motor can and uh, have at it with the pitch gauge. I do like the RC logger pitch gauge more than some of the, the cheaper ones available. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame that they don't seem to be. I think everyone's run out of stock of those now. I think they're officially unavailable. Yeah, I had to order mine from the UK. Yeah, I did too. But I, even they're yeah. out now. You can still oh. find them occasionally on eBay. Uh, take your chances there. But uh, I did see some not too long ago on, on eBay. I wasn't necessarily looking for them, but I ran across them. Probably because I searched for them before and that sometimes repeats your searches. But Devin, tools that you use for this? Or you can <laughs> really hold it and make sure the tips are next to each other. I Yeah, I fold the blades so the tips are close to each other. I set zero and do my positive and negative that way. Do you let the tips touch? No, the tips don't touch. The hell he's not gay. Just the tips. <laughs> uh, not just the tips. <laughs> all the way down to the roots. How about you, yep, Scott? all of it. But so we'll, we'll I, move on from this juvenile conversation, and we'll ask you if you use any tools for, for uh, yeah. setting. Back to business. Yeah. I personally hate the blade folding technique. I do, too. And. The reason for that is when you fold them sideways, you're biasing one grip clockwise and the other grip counterclockwise. Because yeah, there's the a slight amount of load. Hang, even if you hang it vertical, you think? If like vertical, center? I think I'd go for it. But most people don't. They just put it on the table and spin the blades yeah. out to the side. So you're never quite right. You're going to be a little off center when you do that just because of the weight of the blades biasing all the play in the links. So yeah, that 9.8 feet per second per second will fuck with you, man. <laughs> RC logger, love that guy. I got the cheap one with the big screen on it that doesn't have the dual axis. I love that thing to death, and I swear by it. I tried Augie's tool with the phone thing, but yeah. phones are just getting too big and too heavy. So, like when you do V bar setup and you hit that eight degrees, and it goes, zoop, you're, the whole thing rocks violently because it's such a heavy phone on it. So, yeah, I, it's cool. I love the app. I need to buy a lighter, cheaper phone to do that if I'm going to stick with it. So, if my so RC logger ever dies, that's what I'll do. So, hey, check this out, Scott. So, for the phone app thing, yeah, I'm kind of a phone nerd, right? And um, when Palm was out, I always loved everything that Palm made. And they went away for a while and they came back and they made this little tiny phone. I'm not shitting you. It's the same size as a credit card and it's a little bit fatter. I'm holding one in my hand right now and you can use it as a regular phone. But now it's just a tool. It sits on my bench and it's just a little tiny Android tool with accelerometers and um, all the magnetometer and all the stuff in there. And I mm -hmm. use that specifically and it's super small and light. And I can put a piece of that zeal, like or the, the, you know, the rubber gel kind of tape stuff that just is grippy and stuff doesn't slide around. And yeah. right on the bench, I can just lay that on a grip. Pretty much anything from a 500 up, this thing is smaller than, it's just really small, right? And it works yeah. like butter, dude. And you can get something like this. They, they're used on Amazon or wherever people are selling them. For like 50 bucks, man. The PVG so. 100? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, the Palm PVG 100. Sweet. Yeah, hell yeah. So, anyway. Nerd. Yeah, <laughs> nerd. Dude, it's we're cool. all nerds. Yeah, this is true. We have a podcast this about toy helicopters and we're grown men. We're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That's pretty nerdy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nerdy. Why do you have to highlight that? Thanks. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm dude, proud of on, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, at least it's not toy cars. Let me ask you guys another question. Have any of you <laughs> ever used a Soko Heli tool? No. Say that again? No. What? Have any of you ever used a Soko Heli tool? I don't even know what that is. 
Intriguing concept. I've never tried one. I've got like three of them. I, I used to love them, but one thing I've found, I, I did use them, but I don't know, like the, the root spacing in the blade grip never seems to match more modern helis. So you always got to use spacers and it just gets to be kind of a pain in the ass and totally, <laughs> I mean, a pitch gauge, especially the RC logger does everything that they, well, I don't know if it does everything, but it does what that does much quicker and much easier. And you're not, yeah, I mean, in theory, it was a great tool because it was a multi-tool, you know, it was set up for every heli from a 450 up to a 700 with its own pitch gauge. And uh, it was a great idea. It was, I think it was rather ex- expensive back then. I want to say it was around 80 bucks. I don't remember, but. Dang. Did use them. I think they're kind of a tool of the past at this point. Right along with the Ron Lund EL9000 flybar leveler, which was the most best tool ever made for helicopters. <laughs> I think I remember that thing. And then yeah, it locked the flybar into the head or some shit. So it the flybar, yeah, it was the flybar fly lock. It was great. It's better Loved than the driver. It. Sanding frames. Yeah or nay? Uh-huh. Nay. Uh, nay. I don't put my frames in the sand because it gets in my bearings. Oh my god! Grow up, Rob. You took that so literally. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> I'm in the middle. You don't of this sand one. at all. I don't sand my I frames do. until I'm literally wiring up the helicopter, and then I go. Yep. Here's a couple of spots where I'm going to have some wire go, and I'll put some protection on the wire. But then I'll also just sand the frame in just that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Same. Me too. Same thing. Yeah. But my and first build, canopy. I watched some video, and like, man, I sanded every single edge of every opening through the whole oh, yeah. frame until I <laughs> yeah. knew better. Yeah. I've been there trying to hold your breath and breathe out the other side or put something on your mouth because you heard about the carbon fiber dust and all yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. always do it like underwater. Like, yeah. I, like at the time, oh, I would I, run water over the frame in hopes that okay. they wouldn't, you know, aerosolize. I just had a vision of you in a Speedo with a carbon fiber frame side oh, and paper just, jumping keep, into the pool and holding your breath. To and just, keep it to yourself. Oh You've seen Lord. him in a Speedo? <laughs> oh, He's British, so probably. Oh, my God. With the Union Jack Speedo? Hell yeah. No, <laughs> we don't go. wrap our flag around our private parts. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I've seen a Def <laughs> Leppard concert. I've been to a Def Leppard concert. I've seen those before. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. And I've Get seen Austin Powers. I've seen <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that one kind of stems from back, you know, quite some time ago when the machining processes weren't nearly as what as good as they are today. And typically when you would get a frame in, you could literally cut yourself. Yeah, dude. You know, uh, just by handling it. I think that's kind of where that came from. Although it's, you know, it's good to round those edges off. But I also put protection wherever a wire is going to come in contact with a carbon fiber frame. It makes, com- it's common sense, I think. Yeah. Because it'll short that shit out in no time. The other thing I do is uh, that canopy edging and frame edging, the SAB cells. Right. I right. just glue some of that on like really critical areas. Sure. And that works awesome. Yeah, plus yeah, it I looks do the nice same too. thing, but with uh, soft fuzzy Velcro. Just put that yep. over an edge That's where battery wires go across or whatever. Yeah, I think back in the early days, I used to cut fuel tubing, like mm-hmm. slice mm-hmm. it down the middle and CA some of that shit on edges. Yeah. In, in critical spots. Dude, it fuel tubing pretty, has so many uses. Yeah, it was pretty tacky looking, but worked. Yeah, if you lube up the fuel tubing, it's real nice. Oh my God. Yes. 
What grade are you in, Devin? Uh, two. Okay, fancy drivers. Expensive tools. Ooh. You guys, I, I'm a firm believer in really, really good tools just because back in the day, especially with Align helicopters, you can oh easily God. strip those fucking things out if you didn't have a, <laughs> a driver that that could handle it, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm in the same boat. I've got um, I got one set of Scorpion tools that I use on a regular basis. So yep. they're not the best in the world, but they're better than like your normal pack of Allen keys, right? Yep. And then I've got a single set of MIP drivers that are only for like mission critical stuff. So if I know that that bolt's going to be an absolute bitch to get out if it strips, I'll use the MIP. I'll apply some heat. And I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll take it out very carefully, make sure it's fully seated and crack it out. And that's all they're used for. That's so, why wow. sometimes when people are like, can I use your tools? I'm like, maybe let me get the ones you need. Cause <laughs> I'd lent them to someone once I turned around. They're like, you know, chunking up shit with the uh, MIP drivers. I'm like, no. <laughs> Using I swear by the MIP out. drivers, man. Those are great. They're fantastic. I have had really good luck with the scorpions i've had a, i got a couple sets of those i used to use weha back in the day i don't know if they're any good anymore but they were pretty i think yeah, they're, they're good. yeah i had a couple sets of those uh, is it you know what? what's that is it wera oh i can't remember how it's pronounced but i thought it was weha but probably not <laughs> i'm old i don't remember shit didn't take my intercept today i can remember heli pros used to sell some very inexpensive drivers and they were i think blue blue handles and they were horrible but i had many many sets of them because they were like nine dollars for a full set and uh i always just thought it's like a wrench you know it's like yeah if it's the right size it's the right size it should work when they have the tolerances machined such that you don't necessarily have to worry about because it's a bitch when you strip one of those out Get the Dremel out, and you got to cut a little screwdriver slot in it. Oh Maybe God, try to yeah. force a a torque into it or something to force it out. Sometimes that works. Speaking of tolerances, have you guys heard of hex plus wrenches? I have not. No, so no. it's a hex key, and the edges of it are flared out slightly, kind of like a Torx, but not as aggressive. And it's designed for bolts where the engagement isn't quite good. So Wera makes a set of hex plus wrenches, and I've got a set, and those bail me out really bad situations. Ooh, they almost these. don't fit into hexes. Yeah, they're fantastic. They they save my ass professionally. Like I've used them for the past like fifteen years for work, and obviously got a set from stole it from work dot com, and uh, <laughs> I use them on heli <laughs> stuff too. Nice. Yeah, Rob, do you have any tool preference? No, not really. I just kind of whatever um, you got. Yeah, just whatever I got. Like, I got the same set of tools I bought, well, I don't know, a thousand how years long ago. ago. Yeah, I mean, they're starting to wear down, so I'm probably due for a new set. But um, I splurged and went and bought myself a, and a, one of those um, electric screwdrivers. It's got just enough torque to get your, your bolts all the way down to the frame. You know, you probably got to do like another half or quarter turn with another wrench or whatever. But it makes yeah. the building part of it uh, a little bit more, uh, I don't know, a little bit more peaceful and it's like power steering for your wrist, I guess. I don't know. You just yeah, I used to use one of those. I used to use one of those uh, 
DeWalt's where you just have to twist it one way or the other and it's got a clutch on it so you can set it to a yeah, nice light setting on the clutch and then you just kind of have to finish the torque with your hand just kind of yeah. wrench it down a little bit. Yeah, you have you seen those gyro point. ones? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. You just got to twist your wrist and it'll go back or forward and you don't have to actually push a button. That's so badass. Yeah, they're nice. DeWalt makes a nice one. Devin, tools? Um, yeah, I I use the Scorpion tools primarily. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mostly Scorpion. I got the I got the sets of the full set of the drivers, the reamers, everything. And Nick, you use MIP anything else? Uh I have a set of Scorpion as well that's kind of a it's a set I care less about. So I might, you know, <clears throat> keep it in my kit that comes to the field with me or whatever if I don't take a lot of tools with me, but uh, love the MIP. So I have two sets of them. So for, you know, feathering shafts and stuff. All right, moving on. Setting your belt tension on the tail. You guys have a ritual with that to make sure it's perfect? Or do you rely on the uh, built-in mechanic aspect? Oh, those of don't work. They don't work that well? No. The little how do you set your tension? at the side of the frame? Yeah, how, do you, how do you do yeah. it then? What do you, so what do you I, I just know kind of I guess feel so after getting familiar with the model, you knowing when it smacks a boom, when it doesn't, how much tension when you squeeze the belt at the back, what it kind of feels like, I get used to that. And SAB has this really cool tensioning tool that comes with the raw, which I love personally. Slap that on, start cranking it, squeeze the belt, get it where you want it, and then you're happy. With older ones like the Black Thunders and the Kraken, you used to have to do like a, a walking technique. So you'd tighten two of the bolts in the tailcase. Loosen one, twist it, tighten it, loosen the other side, twist it, tighten it. And you'd like walk the case back to get like the perfect tension. Because um, I see these dudes put their foot in the skids oh, yeah. and pull. And then they just crack their nylon bolts in the boom. And it's like, oh, good luck flying that. Hmm. <laughs> that's, how I, that, that's how I do it. Oh, God, I cringe when I see it. I'm like, oh, there's so much stress it was never meant to have. Oh, They're, they're grilling it too much, man. They're yeah. having too much force. Oh, yeah. God. I don't run. It a doesn't ton of take belt a lot tension of tension at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't take a lot. Devin, how do you tension yours up? I put my foot on the heli and pull. There you go. If I'm by myself. <laughs> if I'm with my pops, uh, he, he'll hold the frame and we'll pull on the and I'll pull on the tail belt and then do the tension that way. But if I'm by myself, yep, foot on the skid and pull. You know what I will say, man? I will pay the extra two dollars, whatever it costs for the replacement part, for every boom on the planet to be keyed, so you don't have to also tension and set square at the same time. Yes, yes, buddy. I hate setting tailboxes straight. Yeah, it's like Especially you get the perfect once you tension, get it tight. and then you yeah. realize you're off by you know some small amount. And you got to redo it. Pain in the butt. I hate that. It's a nice thing about the Soxos, man. It is keyed. Well, it's shaped. It can only go in one way can't all you got to worry about is tension pretty nice challenge accepted you're gonna figure out a way to make that happen huh (laughs) upside down let's go i'm gonna start calling you the contrarian that's what we're gonna that's 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 we're gonna start calling you it's the nicest name anyone's ever called me oh all right let's see what else we got i I, well not to skip over rob but rob I, i don't think you've up until this point i don't have you ever had a heli that had a belt Tail? Yeah, yeah. Back I mean, in the day, the um, the Gowie, the four twenty five, and oh, the okay. five fifty, they were both belt drive. And then I ended up change, uh, changing over from belt to torque tube on the five fifty, and then the X five is torque tube. You know, um, but back then, you know, I I remember the the stretch and the twist in the tail and doing it again, or 
what was worse back then, because there was, you recall, there was not a convention for locking or, or setting the boom in any real meaningful way. So I, maybe this sort of dovetails with the Loctite thing, because I remember in the early days setting up my boom clamps and going out to fly, and then the boom would loosen <laughs> up a little bit, and I'd have to go back in there and retighten it, you know, and, um, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know I guess, a lot of guys back then would, uh, and I, I know, I think some of the kits started adding it in there, but a lot of guys back then would just pin their bone booms, drill a hole and, yeah. and, uh, create a pin for it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I did. I would just put just a little small screw in there and hold it still. I learned that one the hard way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> With the T-Rex 600. Remember they came belted first? Well, they released like an upgrade where you can go to torque tube. I never even thought of it, but that shit pulls out if you fly it hard enough. So it just pulled <laughs> right. the boom pulled out twice in a row. And I was like, why am I losing the tail all the time? Just shot right <laughs> off the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Then we got to start drilling holes through it. My guess is it doesn't fly as good when the tail ejects. Oh, it's great. Especially yeah. when you are flying it at a gyrocopter meetup like in another state and they actually literally let you fly it on the flight line because they think RC stuff's kind of cool and it just explodes. Ah, leaves yeah, an impression. Leaves that's an what impression. I can do. Uh. <laughs> I felt so dumb. Okay, blade tracking. I don't really ever have to do anything with blade tracking because I'm so awesome at building my helis. They're just spot on every time. <laughs> Have you ever gotten it where you got the links so perfect that you didn't track them and flew and they're perfect? Uh, you flew it. That's no that was, shit. Really? That was, yeah, that was, uh, straight. Uh, yeah. Nice work. Yeah. <laughs> but back in the day we used to use, I used to use tape, you know, red yeah. or blue tape, but well, I, I've, I've not in the ass before. Yeah. I don't, I don't recall having many problems with tracking ever. To be honest with you, mm. I struggled with fly bar just because the whole uh, head yeah. teeters. It was sure. a pain in the ass. So you had yeah, to yeah. put the different color tape, yeah. bring it up to eye level, do all that shit. Yeah. But fly barless heads with a pitch gauge, 100% every time. I've never had an issue. Set one yeah. to zero, take the gauge off, spin it around, do the other. Perfect. I was paranoid about the three blade head I just put on. Like, you know, you hear all these tracking nightmares about sure. three blades. But yeah, RC logger. First flight, put it up in hover at eye level, and I was like, damn, I got lucky. Or maybe it's yeah, just well, easier with the RC logger. I don't know. Yeah, I don't get why everyone says that about three-blade, because I did the exact same thing. Set all three of them, spun it around the same way I do a two-blade. It was dead nuts. I, was like, huh, I know. Okay. I had this like irrational fear that it was going to shake itself to death the first time I spooled it up, because the tracking was <laughs> yeah, <me laughs> right. It was the opposite of what actually happened. I think that blade technology helps a lot, too, because... I remember back in the day, some of the older like glass yeah. fiber blades or early yeah. carbon fiber blades, especially the wooden blades, you'd have to, through the lifespan of a set of wood blades, if you didn't crash them and destroy them first, I could recall you could fly them for a while and based on the humidity and the temperature and stuff, you might have to go back and track them again after X amount of flights just because one of them maybe had warped slightly, you know, so... But you don't have to worry about that these days with the, the way blades are made. You know, they just, the technology, they're just straight as narrow, it seems like. So as long as you mechanically have it set up, you could be pretty confident it's going to be dead nuts, you know? You know what's helped me, I think, um, was borrowing a tip from Nick Maxwell, which is I, uh, when I'm setting, you know, zero pitch and all that, I run my pitch gauge way out close to the tip of the blade now, which is something Nick does. And I, and yeah, I forget what his reasoning was, but 
I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So I've been doing that. And then my tracking seems to be spot on every time. I had people talk about that. They were saying that there's a helical twist to blades. Like they're not all perfect. So if you measure like at the root or the, the, the bolt versus the middle versus the tip, you can get different readings. I've never seen that, but I'm sure if you're setting up like F3C stuff to the nth degree of perfection, it probably matters. Devin, do you do, do you ever have any blade tracking issues? Uh, only when I crash. <laughs> <laughs> when you got to be a bender. <laughs> when I bend um, one of the link, like one of the links or something like that, or the pitch arm that uh, screws onto the grip. Yeah, then I do the tracking. But when I first build a heli, if I do have to do tracking, it's not far off. It's like yeah. maybe half a turn and you're done. We have, you know, some relatively, I guess, relatively speaking, heavier components on our craft, in particular ESCs. Hard mount versus zip ties. Do you guys add caps? Uh, Rob and I are actually just talking about this over the, on the phone yesterday. I personally, uh, much to Scott's dismay, just use uh, double-sided uh, 3M tape. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's going through the blades. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't use any zip ties. I don't use any Velcro. You take issue. You don't, or you're uncomfortable with the hard mount. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw me... Yeah. Like have a panic attack when uh, when I saw yours without the strap, right? You're like, <laughs> so that, that I don't agree with. That's a but, bold move, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, here we go. But yeah, I don't hard mount. Um, it's very specific, I guess, to my airframe too. Because with the Kraken, the Raw, and the Puma, if you crash and you hard mount your ESC, it's going to snap the bracket off. And then you've got the carbon bracket and the ESC flailing around, smacking into stuff, usually chewing up your motor. So... I got in the habit to zip tie the four corners where the bolts are because mm -hmm. um, that way those will snap in a bad crash and you don't have to worry about it. Sometimes I double sticky tape under it um, just to make sure it doesn't vibrate or anything like that. Um, right. And then recently I'll slap a Velcro strap around it too just to kind of keep it on. And every time I've had a really bad crash, the zip ties break, the Velcro snaps, and the ESC kind of just you know hang in there so it didn't snap anything or break anything. I did the same thing on my XL power stuff just because I didn't want to, you know, damage the mount or whatever. Some people don't like that. Some people like to hard mount it. In my opinion, if it took a hit hard enough to break zip ties and stuff, I want that energy to dissipate a little bit. I don't want it to go right into the ESC. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, I'm with Scott yeah, on that sense. one. I do the same so thing. You guys don't use any double-sided tape. I use, I use a little bit of double-sided tape underneath and just then a, a couple of zip ties over the top that are not super okay. thick, so they will break, and that's it. Yeah, I Velcro the ESC, but all two-sided tape like the FBL or my like a, if I have a, to have like a BEC or something in there, I'll adhere that. You know what I mean? But I don't know yeah. why. Like this T-Rex 500 I've got here, the speed controller is inside the frame, between the frame sides, behind the motor, but I still have it velcroed down and then zip tied on top of that. I mean, it's not come, it's not coming out of there, <laughs> you know. But I still do it anyway, I guess. But I can't do it. I don't know why it is for what it is about speed controllers. It's like I would, you would think that the FBL would be the one you wouldn't want to separate from the helicopter while you're flying. But I seem to protect the speed controller more. I think because it's so, so heavy. Yeah, yeah it's maybe. just a heavier yeah. component. Now, just so I have this straight in my head. Uh, Devin, Nick, and Scott, you guys double side sticky tape your FBLs and 
but you don't, except for maybe Nick, you mentioned you put a little bit, maybe just to keep slipping around or moving around or vibration isolation. And that's it. And, well, obviously in the zip ties and the Velcro on the SC, but that's all yeah, I, I do. Double side sticky. And okay, some, just, if I don't do that, I'll Velcro a little bit underneath it. Yeah. I'm double side sticky. Everything. I'm just so scared. Your thing flings off through the blades. I just, <laughs> I, I get that. I have just never, I've never had an issue and I don't fly a 10th of as hard, you know, as hard as you do. So we should, you're adding a little bit more G's to the helicopter than I am. We should remove all my zip ties and remove uh, my Velcro straps and see how long it lasts. And no canopy for science. Allowed. Yeah. No. For science. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine just bam? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be spectacular. Be sure to video it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we want, we want that would be great. That. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, so gear mesh. The old, I, I did this in the old days. A uh, piece of paper run through the gear mesh. You want it tight enough to where the uh, it makes a nice imprint, but it doesn't quite rip the paper. You guys still do that? No. I don't do it anymore, but I remember that trick. You'd, you'd put it in, and if the, the, the little accordion bend was too sharp, <laughs> then maybe it was a little too tight, and you want the bend to be slightly round, but not a hard fold. Yeah, I remember people used to go way deep with that. But these days, I've done it so many times. Um, these days, I just, as long as I can just kind of get a little flick with my finger, just a yeah. little flick, and then I know it's just, just, just enough, you know. Um, you kind of feel it out, I guess. But it's really tough. I think lots of helicopters handle the mesh thing a little different. So you can't really ever say you need to have uh, two one-thousandths of a uh, amount of percent of lash uh, in your gears, you know, at some, some of them like it tight. Some of them don't, you know, my X five, the front torque tube meshing up against the main gear it needs to be tighter than on other helicopters in order for you to not destroy the gears, you know? So it seems counterintuitive, but that's how that one works. You know? Yeah. My logo 480 was like that. If you didn't have a really tight mesh, it would just eat the main gear and it took me three main gears to learn that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do use the piece of paper trick for a lot of other helicopters. Um, it's just easy and repeatable for me. And then I give it a very close eyeball look as I slowly spin the motor and watch the gear go through its whole, you know, travel. So do you guys remember uh, one thing that a lot of guys used to do was they would, after you get the pinion and everything to a, you know, a lash that you thought was good, you, you would actually spin the main rotor and you would look you would look for the tightest spot and set the mesh there, right? Or you would look yeah. for the loosest spot. A lot of guys did it differently. Some, some would set, set the mesh at the loosest spot and let the pinion wear in at the tighter spot. But I think the tolerances are a little bit better uh, these days. I don't know. I don't... The, well, it seems pretty smooth the, to me. Yeah, yeah, the gear material these days is a lot dense. It seems a lot denser or a lot, temper, a lot more temperature resistant. I'm old. Back in the day, it seemed like the gears would just melt if you looked at them wrong, you know? The teeth well, would just jump off the gear and run away. But these days, the gears are super robust. So that that you're talking about them being slightly out of true or something like that, um, yeah. it doesn't happen as much anymore. I don't know. Before okay. they were injected plastic, you know, injection molded. Yes. And now yeah. they're machined Delvin for the most part. Yeah. So when you machine it, it's true. Usually, unless it's done really shittily. Yeah. I, I do a little bit different. I, I push the motor and the pinion up into the main gear and then I give the main gear a spin and tighten it. Good. Done. You let it kind of wear its way in. Yeah. So my, my thought of it is, is if there is a high spot in the main gear, given the main gear a spin, it's going to loosen up to that high spot and then 
if it's a little tight in a high spot, it'll just wear down there and the rest yeah. of it will be okay. No paper for you, Devin? No paper. <laughs> no paper. <laughs> I suppose you'd kind of know if you have to adjust after doing it that way, Devin. If you get it in the air and you can, it's obvious or something, the gear is just like... Well, I mean, I have, when I first started doing it that way, I would check the main gear and the lash always came out comfortable with just like an itty bitty click in between, you know, in between yeah. the, the gears. And so I got to the point where I just stopped checking it because it worked. Right. And you just kind of already know it's going to be all right. Yeah. So you got your canopy on your belly. You're not quite, this is just more of a tip, I guess, than anything. But I, I think I, we, we have talked about this amongst us, and I think I'm the only one that does this. Uh, a little tip with the canopy, uh, one of my rituals is I put, when I put the canopy on after everything's done, I just kind of take a look and I look for clearances. Like uh, on this Forza, I wasn't really super comfortable with um, how close the fiberglass was getting to the main gear. Uh, so one thing I do is, uh, I use a hot, like a, not a, not a, a hairdryer because a, a heat gun will get too, too damn hot. But I kind of stuff paper towels in wherever I need clearance and, um, run hot air over it and just let it sit all night. It kind of reforms canopy. And I do it with all my canopies anyway, just because it kind of helps form the canopy for canopies that are tougher to get on. Kind of. You know, after it's been sitting in a box for God knows how long or sitting on its side, might yeah, have a tendency kinda, to get a little warped or de deformed. Sure, that kind of reforms it for itself. Helicopter, yeah. yeah, just for the helicopter. I don't I don't know. I, I know that we talked about I don't think any of you guys do that, do you? I've done it once yeah. when I had my Synergy N7. The <laughs> canopy, actually, this is true, it, it would just catch the main gear. So I stuffed a piece of cloth up in there put it in the sun while I was flying it yeah. one day at the field and it was good. It was fine. Yeah. That'll, it, that'll do the same thing. It just takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this once I heat it up, I just let it sit with the, uh, paper towel all night. For the most part, it's reformed in the morning. Yeah. So this, uh, one of the last ones we're going to talk about, we got two more to talk about, but this one I actually really enjoy and that's making sure that at least by my perspective, <laughs> The wiring's nice and it's pretty important to me and I think it is uh, for everybody. Some people just don't give a shit, but it's especially on new builds, just making sure that that wiring job is just as clean as you can make it. Uh, nothing's going to rub, nothing's going to cut it on a frame, nothing's going to get interact with any moving parts. Velcro around wherever you're going to attach to the frame. I even go to the point where if I'm coming around a bend, like uh, whether it's a, a bolt head or... I don't know, a, a frame cross member and there's going to be some servo wires kind of coming up and over it. Uh, I'll put it in place and I'll put a small dab of shoe goo on the uh, cross member wherever I want the wires to sit just so it'll hold it there. That's a good idea. Maybe, maybe a little overkill, but it, it does definitely hold, especially when you've got to turn wires around a relatively sharp corner. Once you place them and, and you get them shaped to where you want to go and they're sitting there, and you're worried about potentially they might vibrate or whatever after you start flying, this definitely holds them down. Something I do on every build. Uh, not so much on <laughs> rebuilds, yeah. I make sure it's not hitting. Uh, I take the time on the on the initial build to to do that up. You guys I'm do the same? Sure Nick doesn't bother with any of that. Yeah. No, Nick, I don't yeah. think he does. Yeah. <laughs> no. He probably I get just way scotch tape. picky about my wiring if it's visible. Like... 
like like on the raw especially like it has to be wrapped in black wire loom so that it it's not distracting i hate bright colorful servo wires that are easily visible especially when you know even when the canopy's on that kills me i just can't do it it literally makes me cringe i'm like i can't even fly this thing so um, what if it's not wow. visible you just rat's nest that shit no i'm super neat that way too. <laughs> i really enjoy the wiring phase man I, I i take my time and i get really picky and i'll end up redoing things three times until i find the way it sits just right but I, i'm getting yeah. a little bit lazier with the wire loom lately like servos with black wiring i'll do the you know just wrap it in velcro with the zip tie points and you know keep it nice and straight looking but i can't see cut? it through the side of the heli that's a no-no do you cut your wires your servo wires to custom lengths? no you know, I, I was actually kind of toying with the idea to learn how to do that. I'm like, you know, that would be cool to do that. Um, and then I actually happened to listen to the RCHN 2.0 episode where Jesse had shortened all his wires uh, for one build and then changed helicopters and none of them reached. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, I'm never doing that. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that definitely is going to happen uh, if you do that. I did it all the time. I don't do it anymore. How about yeah. you, Scott? Um. I, I care, but I don't. <laughs> but not a lot. So, I, so with expert servos, I used to always run experts back in the day. They come in two different lengths, so that makes it super simple for wiring. And they're black, like Nick said, so it was easy to do a clean wiring job. Now I run um, torque servos. I just like that programming whole T-box thing, but that's a whole other conversation. So now it's a little harder to route everything, but it's not bad. Um, but I do do what you do uh, as far as like if I go past like a hard edge or something or if I want to use a zip tie, I'll put a little bit of Velcro around it and then do a zip tie. Like that Oxy Velcro they give you with the kits, that mm-hmm. stuff is so badass. It's perfect for that that task. And then I'll do a little hot glue on the servos into the ESC and then I'll I'll call it good at that point. It's It's weird how like wiring comes together too for me. Like I don't have a plan, but it's kind of like however the servos wires kind of want to lay on the frame. It just sort of happens. I can't explain. Yeah, it kind of reveals itself to you as you're exactly. As you're, doing yeah. It. Yeah. you're like Rain Man as you look at it, trying to <laughs> see the patterns. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like wondering how you're going to get it done, and then all of a sudden, uh, you, well, like Nick mentioned, you, you end up. Uh, well, I do the same thing. It's like uh, I don't necessarily, I guess, bolt or wire everything and zip tie everything, but I, I have a tendency to go through a lot of them because I don't. You know, you're like, yeah, you know, you'll do one or two anchor zip ties and I don't like that. Snip, snip, you know, and the next thing you know, you've got a pile of 50 or so zip ties on your yeah. feet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Second chances. But it's yeah, at um, least with a new airframe. Like you build the yeah. same one a couple of times, it's always the same. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your game plan figured out. Yeah. I kind of like I do, that part. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I, yeah. I do enjoy that. Yeah. It's it almost like neat. you get to discover the heli. And give it its own identity, right? To me, that's how I feel about, like, I'm kind of like you, Nick, with the, how the wiring part goes. Because it feels like that's the part where I get to put my spin on the helicopter, you know, where I want to put the components, how I want the wires to be laid. Because, you know, there's a million w- different ways to skin the cat, you know. But the, and when I finally settle into the way that's mine, I know that. You know, when I see it, it's slightly different than the next guys, you know, and sometimes I'll do that on purpose. You know, you'll see, oh, everybody puts their shit in this particular spot. So I'm going to do it a little bit trick, you know, a little different or something, you know. Um, but I find myself getting a little uh, kind of brain managed, like you said, Scott, a little bit um, 
I don't know, like real anal about it. Sometimes it depends on how I feel about the build or if I'm just in a rush to get it in the air or something. But usually I'll try to lay the wires where I want them and visualize it all before I start actually mounting yeah. shit, you know, and then I'll methodically, you know, go through that dance and place everything where I want it to go. I just found I'm never satisfied if I dive into a build where I'm like, okay, so I'm now on, I'm on the servo step. Let's do the certain, I wire them in and I'm like, okay, now I got to do the receiver. Oh, now I got to do this. If I do it all separate, it just doesn't feel to get, it doesn't feel like it's together to me. I don't know. I don't, it just is better. Well, if I do it all separate, I forget something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a telemetry or, you know, a, a BSC lead or something. Um, yeah. But I don't, only on new builds do I take the, I mean, I do, on rebuilds or crashes, I, I have a tendency to just yeah, whatever's yeah. quickest, man. It's just get it Same. back. Because once the newness is where, you know, it's going to crash again, right? So I don't worry too much about it. Just, you know, the, the important stuff. Not, it's not in the way of anything moving and, and uh, edges are protected. That's about it. I feel like you guys might hate hate me. Because, well, we do. Because, so. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean, maybe? That's <laughs> um, nest. I just run my servo leads and everything right up the side of the frame to where they need to go. Yeah, I do too, Devin. I don't worry too much about because, it. I mean, I try to make them look as yeah. tidy as I can, but I don't. I mean, I bu- I'll, I'll run them together and everything like that, but I know I'm going to crash, and it's the easiest to work on a heli to just have them running up the side of the frame. Yeah, I get that. I don't care if servo wires are, are showing doesn't really bother me gives it character yeah as long as they're you know a little tiny they're not flopping around right right yeah right. I even so use which, matching uh, zip ties oh that's a must for ties. me yeah actually I cannot I I cannot use different colored zip ties I just <laughs> yeah. can't like, yeah. I will stop what I'm doing and go to wherever <laughs> Lowe's or the hardware store and get them uh, it has I to be black, man. For me, it has to be black zip ties all I don't, the way around. I don't really care if it's black. It just it just needs to be the same, whether regardless. I can't use white zip ties. Yeah, I don't really like white zip ties either. I think they look like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah they look kind of janky. Yeah. But, so this leads us, and and Scott briefly touched on it. Hot glue, shoe goo on your fly barless. You know those little uh, servo connector ends. Fuck that. <laughs> do you still pour a gallon gross. of shoe on your FBL? Oh, it looks I gross. Do, dude. Gee whiz. It dude, it looks like a, a welder's bead, man. You just dude, it looks like lay the it right 80s. across. It looks like the 80s came back and wanted to fly your helicopter. I don't like it. Oh, you're going to have problems with that, dude. That's going to come back to haunt you. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, like I'll do like two-side tape under the... I've done it where... I'll wear the two-sided tape that I'm using for my FBL at the end where I know the servo leads are coming out. I'll lay just another strip so it's too thick right there and I'll put it down and then when I plug my servo leads in and I put it down, I have a bank of servo lead connectors that are all fused together as one pressed right up against the uh, FBL that's also um, secured you know, to the same that's piece of tape, start. right? Yeah, yeah, you're doing so, the same but, thing. You're just using the double-sided sticky instead of yeah. That's glue, my so. point. The shugu is like, it just, to me, it's ugly. And I'm sorry, but I, that's, I stand firm. It's, it's like the only pet peeve that I have about this hobby is when I walk up to a helicopter and there's just this like 
non-uniform little pickly, prickly, like collecting shit goo on, and I want to unplug some shit, and I got to <laughs> so peel these things apart. I don't like it. Rob, when, like we end up, when we end up at a fun fly. Are you going to make gonna me shoot everything helicopter? together? Oh, okay. <laughs> you're going to come back from lunch or, or you know, you're going to come back and you're going to be like, what the fuck? And you're going to look at your helicopter and everything is going to be shoe good. My I'm going to shoot your shoe good onto the thing. <laughs> I'm going to put shoe good in your blade grips. I'm going to put shoe good in your tail. I, I mean, I'm going to put, Damn I'm going to you. write your name, dude. With Let's all fill his skids with it. Dude, so you can't ever get it out. It just I'm gonna fill your can with beans. You better watch out. Rob's gonna be like, "What's all this white sticky stuff on my heli?" That's kind of mm. like sugar. Dan's like, "What didn't you like?" Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just I now I get it, the function of it, you know, and I totally agree 100 percent about that. You don't want that's the last well, thing you want is for a wire to come out of your elect any of the electronics while you're flying, and I get that. I mean, back, I think back when everybody started doing the Shugu thing, there wasn't really any other good bona fide way to make them stay put. And there is a better way now. I will admit, I've been known to go a little heavy on the Shugu. Uh, I've learned my lesson. I don't go heavy on the Shugu like I used to. It was fun watching Nick Lynn try to, <laughs> try to get that receiver off that. <laughs> he was getting so pissed off. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a little excessive. There was shugu that had seeped way inside. It's, you know, oh, it was not, Does shugu stay sticky? No. No. Okay. But, but it's... Here's it the way I like about shugu. Malleable. No, no. It, it, it gets firm. But what I like about shugu... So you lay a bead across, right, where the connectors meet the case of the fly barless unit. When you want to take it off, all you got to do is take a pair of hemostats and grab the end... And just twist the hemostats, and that just yeah, and peels comes it off, off in one piece. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So same as hot well, glue. Then it doesn't. Unless you know, unless you get a little heavy-handed with it, and it kind of seeps in, and and of course now it just starts coming off in little teeny microscopic chunks. <laughs> and, oh yeah. man! Then it's like shugu surgery for an yes. hour. Yeah. 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 It's, it takes forty-five fun. minutes to take take six servo leads out of a. Well, that's what hot glue <laughs> is, man. Yeah, so, I agree. Hot glue yeah. is good. I do like hot glue. One saving grace about it is that if you have to come back to that bird or if it's been sitting for a while, or like in this case, when I pick these ones up from you, this like the, the, the 600, for instance, all the wires were hot glued into the front, but I had to figure out how to reverse engineer how everything was wired up. So to have them all like that, if I had to, when I had to take the tail off, I had to take that thing off there. I could just unplug the whole chunk and then plug it all back in without having to try and figure out where everything goes again because they're glued together, you know, so. Well, you're lucky there because I, I'm i not the one that, it, had you received it from me, it probably would have been overly <laughs> shoe good because yeah. I'm not the one that, I put it together because I built it for Fred, I believe it's the first one who had it, maybe Ed, I don't remember. But anyway, I, I just put it together and they did whatever they did to secure whatever you ended up getting. Yeah. Shugu or but ugly or something. I don't know. If it would have been me, you would probably would have had about a half a pound of Shugu in there. <laughs> <laughs> it just been welded on there. <laughs> just it'd be like a big rubber ball. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure there's many more little things that we all do. It's probably, you know, shit we don't talk about or think about, but, um, you know, everyone's kind of got their little things must do little rituals that they do with their build. 
the fun thing about these is the you know everybody you can add your own little style your own little flair however you want to do it and for the most part it's going to come out successfully unless you really do something stupid but you know i've probably done that once or twice but um like put you gotta have fun with it. on the same direction like the i had line tb70 uh, ad yeah <laughs> yeah try, try and fly like that exactly you can fly like that yeah, i've done and that. it sounds really weird though that's what happened to that Huey at that fun fly you were at, Dan. Oh, yeah? I was trying to fly that guy's scale Nitro Huey. He had a blade on backwards, so it just went pow, flipped the blade around, made all sorts of racket. Luckily, it didn't explode. Just popped a link, and that was it. That could have been... That was a nice helicopter. Yeah. You know, the the, the important thing is, especially for new guys, and I know this is easier said than done. Uh, Most of the folks listening to the show have been around the hobby for some time, but uh, if you happen to be relatively new... Don't get too stressed out about it. You know, if you're not sure, obviously ask questions. Have somebody at your local club take a once-over. I still like to do that, and I've built many, many, many helicopters. Just have fun with it. It's your hobby. If you want to spend uh, 20 hours doing the wiring, spend 20 hours doing the wiring. If you want to take six months to build it, take six months to build it. Uh, if you don't, don't. That's the beauty of it. It's your hobby, and you can enjoy it any way you want. Amen. Always brother. nice to get advice, though. I mean, you know, there's a lot of experience out there. Uh, what, you know, <laughs> you, you kind of got to filter through it because some, not, you know, not all advice is good advice. That's <laughs> yeah. And then you listen that's to our for show. sure. Yeah. yeah my, recommendation, my recommendation is find someone who flies like you want to fly and that's then get their advice. If you want to fly like Nick Maxwell, do F3C stuff. I know he does 3D too, but just the F3C side, listen to his advice. You want to fly smack, go ask Tarek for advice kind of thing, you know? Right. That's, that's good, yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes the, the problem, well, especially in Montana, when I was miles and miles and miles away from anybody else that flew helicopters, is, you know, you've, really, you've, you've got to just kind of learn how to weed through the bullshit, whether it's on the forums or it's on Facebook. I know not, the forums aren't really a thing anymore, but. Facebook in general and, and, uh, be prepared. It's funny how, when you, you know, you see somebody ask a question on whatever Facebook group and it's like every, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people assume that everybody has a certain level of knowledge you know, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Just, you know, be, be prepared for maybe not so pleasant yeah, don't, responses. Don't take don't it the let wrong that way shit people don't. You. Yeah, yeah, don't take it the wrong way. People don't realize that you are as new as you are, if you are that new, you know. And if you're giving advice, don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't be a dick. That's a good rule. That's yeah, a damn take, good take, rule. Take things with a grain of salt, too. Like, listen to a, what, see what a bunch of people say. And if you're asking specific stuff on products, too, be careful what people say as well. Because sometimes you'll see people like, oh, what are the best blades for this kind of flying? You'll see people that just hammer whatever they're sponsored by, and you'll see them list list the name. It might not be what's right for you. It's just they're sponsored, and they want to get as many people flying that as possible. So be careful with that, too. Yep. That's good advice. The thing I hope uh, most people take from this episode is I'd like to think that the five of us are pretty decent builders. Um, but you'll see even amongst five decent builders, you've got, you know, in some of these things, there were five different approaches. So there's more than one way to do something right. So if, if, you know, somebody comes up to you and says, no, that's not the way you do it. You're totally wrong. You're full of shit. 
you know, understand <laughs> that, that, that they're probably the one full of it. You know, there, there is more than one way to successfully put a helicopter together. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's how we build our stuff too. I mean, I've built helis for other people and I've paid way more attention, used every correct kind of long tight and like, you know, made it right to the T my shit. Screw it. Let's get it flying. Yeah, because you don't want that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would never half-ass someone else's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked this up, you son of a bitch. Oh, that's my biggest fear. Yeah, that's not good. All righty, guys. Well, I think uh, we're about done with this show. Let's uh, figure out how we can get in touch with everybody. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you can uh, hit me up on Facebook at NickWisdomRC or via email at NickWisdom at RCHNV3.com. How about you, Devin? All right. You can hit me up at Facebook at Devin McClellan, or you can email me at Devin at RCHNV3.com. Scott? You can find me on Facebook at Scott Graham, Instagram, RC Heligram, or Scott at RCHNV3.com. Hashtag still the FNG. Hell yeah. Hashtag bitch mittens. <laughs> I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan at RCHeliNation.com. Is that right? That is not right. Still not right. Why can't I not get my fucking email this right? Is, this is V2. <laughs> How about Dan at RCHNV3.com? Dan K. Reed on Facebook. And be sure to check out our webpage, RCHNV3.com. And the Facebook, I believe, is also RCHNV3, but it's pretty easy to find. You just search RCHN. Last but not least, Rob, how about I get in touch with you? Well, if you want to talk to me or get in touch with me you gotta earn it so you want to get yourself another sharpie because i like the smell of sharpies um and a zorb and a tiktok account <laughs> and, and then you have to inflate the zorb and then go live on tiktok Climb into the Zorb and roll your Zorby ass down the hill while you're writing your message on the inside. You know, it looks like you're in, it's like you're inside the vagina. Write your message on there like you're trying to be rescued from inside there. And then when you get to the bottom of the hill, birth yourself out of the Zorb and then try to video what you wrote. And if it's legible, I'll reply to that. And if it's unintelligible, I'll respectfully ask you to um, email me at rob at rchnv3.com um, or you know if you want to just find me on Facebook you can do that just um, tag me in the TikTok video so I can watch it and laugh you forgot your uh, Instagram and YouTube Instagram and YouTube Instagram and YouTube and... dude yeah. all I want to do is see a guy rolling down the hill in a Zorb I don't give a shit about my other stuff all right. <laughs> but if you want to find it it's NextGenRC on Instagram NextGenRC on YouTube Basically, if it's next gen RC anywhere on the internet, it's me. So, oh. or a company that's trying to steal my name. So, yeah, you got to clarify. There's no T in it, right? No T. No, yeah, not next gen. Next gen RC, and it's a dude named Rob as well. Believe it or not. Oh shit, that's my doppelganger. And he has zero <laughs> sense of humor. Yeah, definitely my doppelganger. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, we sure hope you got something out of this one. We sure also hope that you enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Later. Bye. <laughs>
bitchlings? <laughs> bitchlings for the bitchlings. Ha, 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 ha.